Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm stewing in my angry juice, and I'll get to that in a minute. I'm a disgruntled sports fan. Very disgruntled. This show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, your home for sports. Go there and check out everything sports under one roof. Plus, you can have some great food and drink specials, too, like a dollar off of tankards at the Canadian Brew House. Hit us up on our text line, 936-6262. And uh, that's powered by the Capital Auto Group. All our guests, and we got a bunch of them, coming to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. But Zinger, we haven't had one of these in a long time. Let's get to it. For another pick six with Ballsy and friends, as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. Leading off the pick six, Connor Bedard, as expected, goes to the Blackhawks with the first overall pick in the NHL draft. He's the first Pat to go number one since Doug Wickenheiser in 1980 to another original six team, the Montreal Canadiens. I'm very intrigued to see how his game translates to the NHL. Many that I've had on this show think he could be a 30-goal scorer next season. And you know the Blackhawks will surround him with talent like the trade that brought Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno to town. Today they made a trade for UFA. Corey Perry from Tampa in exchange for a seventh round pick. And they also picked up forward Josh Bailey from the Islanders for futures. More trades in a minute on the pick six. Wanted to give a shout out though to the Western Leaguers that went in round one. At number nine, Nate Danielson of the Wheat Kings to Detroit. Zach Benson of the team formerly known as the Winnipeg Guys went to Buffalo at 13. At number 14, Braden Yeager of the Moose Jaw Warriors going to the Pittsburgh Penguins. At 16, Sam Honzek of the Giants going to Calgary. And at number 24, Tanner Molendyke of the Blades going to Nashville. And I was telling you about more trades. How about this? The Oilers cleared off some salary by sending forwards Kyler Yamamoto and Clem Costin to Detroit for future considerations. The Oilers trying to get some more depth or maybe they take a home run shot and go after Eric Carlson. Who knows? But they weren't going to re-sign Clem Costin. He wanted more than the $1 million he was making last year and Kyler Yamamoto did not live up to his almost $4 million salary. Number three in the pick six after watching the NBA and NHL drafts. It really brings home to me the need for the CFL and TSN to wake up and make the Canadian college draft a bigger deal. Yes, I know our draft doesn't include a sexy quarterback pick first overall. And we have to wait to see how the NFL draft goes before even knowing who's going to be available. But the league as a whole needs to do a much better job than having the commissioner standing in front of a podium in a TSN studio next to a 65-inch TV. That is lame, lame, lame. If you don't care about your product, how can you expect fans to put an effort in? It's not rocket science. If you build it, and just as importantly, market it, they will come. But you have to build it. 
Number four, an even bigger joke is the CFL Discipline Office. The league assessed a maximum fine against Tiger Cat strong side linebacker Chris Edwards for his postgame shove on the Montreal Alouettes receiver Austin Mack. Edwards approached Mack with his hand outstretched, appearing to offer a handshake. When Mack reached out his hand, Edwards delivered a two-hand shove to the chest, WWE style, knocking the Owls receiver to the ground. Now, I'm not a snowflake, so save the text. It wasn't a career-threatening injury, nothing like that happened. But, this guy is a repeat offender, three times. We made Garrett Marino of the Riders out to be a vicious, racist terrorist and cancelled him from the league last year. But Edwards gets a half game check fine. Like I said, he didn't severely injure Mac, but he should get that fine and a one game suspension at minimum. Shame on the league and shame on Ticats head coach Arlando Steinauer for not assessing a team penalty. All Steinauer would say is that kind of behavior is inexcusable. Talk is cheap. Number five on the pick six, Domenico Herman of the New York Yankees pitched the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history Wednesday night, retiring every Oakland batter in an 11-0 victory over the Athletics. It was the first perfect game since the Mariners' ace, Felix Hernandez, threw one against Tampa on August 15, 2012. There were three that season, but none since until Herman finished the first no-hitter in the big leagues this year. Now, I'm not getting overly excited. This dude's been busted twice this year for cheating with a sticky substance on his hand, including a 10-game suspension. (laughs) But it's Major League Baseball. They don't care. They let the 2017 Trash Tros keep their World Series title. And last but not least on the pick six, three NFL players have received indefinite suspensions for violating the league's gambling rules. Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Colts and free agent Demetrius Taylor are all suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games in 2022. All three players will be eligible to apply for reinstatement after next season. The NFL also confirmed that Nicholas Petit Frere of the Tennessee Titans is suspended for the first six regular season games of the 2023 season for betting on non-NFL sports at the team facility. One thing should be clear after today, but probably won't be with these knuckleheads. NFL players, coaches, GMs who bet on the NFL or any sport while you're at work, well, you're going to be suspended. It always comes back to, is your $100, $200, $500 bet, is the juice worth the squeeze? All right, yeah, pick six. So, Zinger, um, about the sixth inning, I check in on the Padres score. My San Diego Padres, who have been less than spectacular. The team that spent the most money, the Mets, they're eight and a half games under five hundred. Their owner, Steve Cohen, uh, threatened a fire sale, the Mets, if they don't start winning. So they're eight and a half as they enter action tonight, below five hundred. I think the Yankees spent the second most, and then my Padres the third third most money. Okay? My Padres were six under five hundred going into today's game against Pittsburgh. They had just been swept by the Nationals, two games at home. And then um, I'm like, okay. Uh, well, actually, they had beat the Nationals, then lost to the, uh, the Nationals, the last two. Then they lost the first two in Pittsburgh. And I, I see they're winning. So I'm going to cook myself a couple hot dogs before I come in for the show today, Zinger. Turn on the TV. They're up 4-2. to two. 
and they lose five to four. Tim Hill, Tim Hill, earlier in the week, the pitcher throws it to first base and throws it into right field. Okay, made a mistake. You think he'd learn? Nope, he did the exact same thing. Threw it did into right, really? threw it into right field, huh. and two more runs come <laughs> in for the uh, Pirates. They tie the game and win it five to four. Zinger, my team's. We'll never win anything. The Padres will never win a World Series. They've been in the league since 1969. The L.A. Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, when I started cheering for them, will never win anything. The Edmonton Oilers have the two best players in the NHL in the last two years have lost have lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion, okay, Colorado and Vegas. They will never win anything either. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who I'm a fan of, and the radio announcer, I'm sure hoping they can buck the trend. But let's be honest, in over 100 years, they've only won four measly championships. So I, the Riders are self-explanatory. I picked them because I live here, okay? I grew up that way. Uh, the Padres because of Tony Gwynn, the Chargers because of Dan Fouts, and the Oilers because of Wayne Gretzky. You like who you like when you're 8, 9, 10 generally, right? So I'm never going to tell you I'm going off those teams totally. We're going to do a little experiment here. 9-3-6-62-62. I will always cheer for the Padres, but you're going to help me pick another baseball team that when the Padres, you know... Evidently and eventually break my heart, which is they do every year. You're entertaining this idea. So you can't, but you can't give me Blue Jays, you can't give me Yankees, and you can't give me Red Sox. I will never cheer for any of those teams. Okay? Blue Jays, because everybody does, and I hate those other two teams. So it can't be Blue Jays. Red Sox or Yankees. Do they have to be a contender right now? No, they don't have to be a contender, but just give me a team. Give me a team at 936-6262. Give me three teams. Sorry, Zinger, you can come up with the list, too, for me. Think about it for a second. Let that marinate, all right? 936-6262. I'll always be a Padres fan, but I got to start making... I gotta start making some plans. You gotta start making <laughs> oh, some no. plans. If one stock isn't performing, you gotta start looking at other stocks. Oh, say it ain't, say so, it ain't so. so I'm looking. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Ballsy's on the market. I'm on the market. I'm on the baseball market. Then the next week we're gonna be on the NFL market. No. And then we're gonna go on the NHL market. <laughs> but for now we're concentrating on baseball. I'll always like the Padres, but give me three teams I should cheer for. Um, doesn't have to be in order, but no Yankees, no Jays, no Red Sox. I will never cheer for any of those teams. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk to the Ottawa Red Blacks play-by-play man. He's AJ Jackiebeck. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, this Thursday show brought to you by our good friends at the Canadian Brew House. You can check out all the great sports down there. They've got a great menu and drink specials, including a dollar off of tankards. We're joined by the radio voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks, A.J. Jakubek. Before I talk Ottawa Red Blacks football, let's talk Ottawa Senators hockey. Uh, first off, what do you make of D.J. Smith and his whole staff coming back? Yeah, I, I think it's the right move. Um, when you listen to the... Uh, postseason interviews involving the key players, you know, most notably Brady Kachuk and, and Tim Stutzla, 
who, along with Jake Sanderson, I think are the three most important guys going forward. And Sanderson was just coming off his rookie season. But Stutzla and Kachuk in particular really backed the coach. And if you're going to make a move, you, you had to make it at the end of the season. You can't let your coach twist in the wind for months and, and then all of a sudden decide you're going to let him go, whether it's late summer or early fall or whatever. So I do think DJ Smith has earned the right to come back, but with a short leash, uh, they've, they've started poorly in recent years. So last year was six, 12 and one, which really, uh, I mean, they, they got back into it in March. Unfortunately, they went out West after they got back into it and they were out of it. Uh, I mean, pretty much as soon as they were back into the race, but when, when you look back at last season, they were out of it because of a six, 12 and one start. And the year before, there were four fifteen and one. So the last three years, uh, their starts have been dreadful, and that's something that has to be uh, alleviated. And if they get off to a bad start here, then I, I can't imagine uh, DJ Smith is going to finish the season. But in the meantime, the, the players back him, the, the most important players back him, and you know they, they did take a step last year, up to eighty six points uh, from seventy three the year before. So we'll see if he can take another step with a team that I think. I mean, we'll see how the end of the uh, of free agency looks and what they do with the brinket, but this, this should be a better team next year, and uh, we'll, we'll see if they can take another step. They're exciting to watch, no doubt about that. I do like watching Ottawa Senators hockey. Okay, and they got a new owner. What's the vibe like around town? Yeah, it's positive. I, I think a, a lot of excitement. A lot of, uh, I mean, it was a long process. Uh, I mean, these ta- these things take time. It's uh, mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, you know, not just the, the, the price of the team, which landed uh, right around a billion dollars U.S., but everything else that's going to go along with it, you know, the, the prospects of, of a new arena, real estate development, whatever. So you're talking about billions of, of dollars at stake. And uh, I think uh, everything I've heard about Michael Anlauer in terms of what he's done in Montreal, in terms of what he's done in Hamilton, uh, where he's owner of the Bulldogs, uh, now the Brantford Bulldogs, because they've been kicked out of their rank for three years says first class person that uh, uh, just wants to win a Stanley Cup. And I think the fact that he's involved a lot of local people in this group uh, is is really helpful as well uh, to give it uh, a local flavor. And wouldn't be surprised at all if you see some people like Daniel Alfredson, for example, resurface within the organization. So positive step for sure. And a lot of excitement about, this new era on the ice and off the ice of Ottawa Senators hockey. All right, we love our CFL football. Let's get down to it. Before we get to the nuts and bolts of the game, coming up against uh, Edmonton, must win for both teams. I mean, must win in the sense you want to get some positivity going there. When might we see Jeremiah Masoli back quarterback in this team? It's a great question. It's uh, I mean, he's, he's practicing each and every week, so it's just a matter of when he feels physically and mentally ready to go he did have some setbacks multiple setbacks in the recovery process and I, I think everything was probably about a month behind schedule so if you look at a month behind schedule you know that that leads you to believe that uh, if, if everything's on schedule now that maybe he's going to be back for that uh, return in Hamilton next week or maybe it's going to be the week after or who knows uh, you know uh, the timeline and then in the meantime week to week he's not ready to go this week and uh, we're going to see Tyree Adams with his CFL uh, debut as a starter uh, looked really good in preseason you know did some good things I thought did more good things last week even though he was responsible for a couple of turnovers 
than what we've seen from Nick Arbuckle. So I think the timing was right uh, to go with Tyree Adams, backed up by Dustin Crum. I, I feel like with Adams and Crum, Ottawa's got their two best young quarterbacks they've ever had. The two best quarterbacks they've ever had here are Henry Burris and Trevor Harris, but you know they were veteran guys that uh, were developed elsewhere. So they just haven't been able to develop a young guy here over the course of the existence of this franchise since the Red Blacks resurfaced in 2014. And I think Adams and, and Crum, who's uh, got a good pedigree, looked great in preseason, uh, got cut from the Kansas City Chiefs last year and came immediately up to Ottawa and spent the last part of last year on the practice roster. And before that, in 2021, he was the, the MAC player of the year at Kent State. He was dueling uh, uh, Nathan Rourke uh, when he was at Ohio the previous couple of years. So uh, I, I do think they've got uh, a couple of good young ones, but you know we'll, we'll wait and see how ready they are right now uh, starting with this game Friday night against the Elks. Who's got more pressure, Bob Dice or Chris Jones? Well, I think there's pressure on both. Um, interesting when I talked to Bob today at walkthrough, uh, you know, when I mentioned two teams desperate for a win, he talked about uh, being hungry for a win. He said that, uh, you know, desperation doesn't help uh, mm. if that's the mentality. So just interesting the way that he was framing it. But I, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, I, I Look, I, I'm from Edmonton, so I hear from a lot of <laughs> disgruntled former uh, fans of the team that uh, haven't been going, quite frankly. So no, no question they're not going to go there, I, I don't think, on a regular basis and, until they start winning. But the, the reality is the same here in Ottawa. I think uh, fans are at their wit's end. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing to have a team that's lost 19, a row, 19 in a row at home facing a team that's lost 13 in a row at home. But I don't know what's worse, that 19-game streak or the fact that Ottawa's lost 24 of their last 25 because, um, you know, the last win was against the Elks with Caleb Evans at quarterback, his first TFL start two years ago and before that they hadn't won a game since uh, the home opener in 2019 against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders so uh, since that time they've lost 24 of 25 games at home uh, they're 8-42 in, in that span wow. of fans here they're, they just don't want to hear anything there's no moral victories there's no positives they just want to see wins and starting with a home win and especially when you've got a team that hasn't looked very good out of the gate in the Elks. Anything short of the victory uh, for the Ottawa Red Blacks on Friday night is going to be viewed as a major disappointment. So realistically, A.J. Jackiebeck, how do they do that? What do they got to do to beat Edmonton? Stop turning the ball over. I, I think that's that's the biggest thing. Uh, you, you look at the first couple of weeks, and you know, they're right in there. They lost by seven in Montreal. and uh, you know It was a one-score game in the fourth quarter that ended up being an 11-point Calgary win. Um, in their last game, they had five turnovers in each game. So you're, you're just not going to win football games with five turnovers a game. If they don't turn the ball over in those games, I, I mean, the offense doesn't look great anyways. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown. But even if they the, – the way the defense is played, mm-hmm. um, even if they don't score offensive touchdowns and kick field goals in a game like this, uh, they at least hang around. Um, if they don't turn the ball over. So that, that, that's the biggest thing. They, they need to run the ball more. The strength of this team is in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, Sean Burke has certainly made that a priority. And, and you know, the, the front seven has looked fantastic, putting pressure on, uh, on both uh, Jake Mayer and, and also Cody Fajardo in the first couple of weeks of the season and creating turnovers as well. 
Um, and, and the offensive line, I, I think, has been good, but they need to run the ball more, and, and I think uh, we'll probably see that. I mean, Anthony milanovic Litre is, is a guy that's a north-south guy that can maybe bring a, a little bit more in, in that regard. He, he torched them last year. I can see why they went out and signed him as a free agent, because he torched them hmm. when they lost the Elks at home 30-12. to 12. So, um, yeah, I, I think just using the strength of your football team. And, and Tyree Adams is a guy that can run the ball as well and um, gives the, gives them that option. I don't view him as a running quarterback. I, I think we've seen, like, he, he throws a better deep ball, for example, than, than Nick Arbuckle did and, and was able to complete some deep passes last week in relief uh, against Calgary. But there's no doubt he's a guy that can, you know, if, if things break down, he can take off with it and make some plays himself. So, um, yeah, all that, but but in the end, it, it starts and ends with uh, not turning the ball over. This has been AJ Jakubic, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Thanks for your time, man. I hope uh, you get to call a win. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Uh, I just <laughs> it's not about me. I just want the fans to go home happy because uh, it's been been such a rough ride for them. I mean, we've had some really good years here. Yeah, uh, you know, from 2015 to 2018, which is really the best stretch of football that Ottawa's had and in 40 years since the 70s but uh you know this has been ridiculous and hoping that uh you know it, it, i think fans here would take seven and 11 that's the reality they just want to see some wins and some home wins thanks for your time man yeah cheers 331 with the sports ticker and today's sports cage poll question at sports cage on twitter if Ballsy was to switch his MLB fandom from the Padres, which team out of these four should he switch to? Tigers, Astros, Braves, or the Pittsburgh Pirates? At Sports Cage to vote on Twitter. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. And it's time to talk with our resident health and lifestyle expert, Tish Duffy. 30 years, over 30 years in the uh, exercise business training people. And she's got lots of great tips, not just for, you know, the uh, elite athletes, but for the everyday people too. And uh, Tish, welcome to the show once again. So everybody that I know that's uh, trying to uh, step up their fitness game or continue down that journey runs into a wall. I'm sure even the great Tish Duffy's ran into a wall or two where you just don't feel like working out or your car wants to drive in three different directions other than going to the gym. So do you have some uh, quick tips to keep people on the right track? Absolutely. Uh, This is a great topic because I think you're right. We all, including you and me, who are active all the time, do get in rut. So this is sort of my three-star rule. Instead of five, I think five stars is often a little overwhelming. So I kind of try to keep it to three stars. So the first one is try to commit to three strength sessions. Um, Your body doesn't know the differences between stresses. So if you're stressed at work, stressed in your relationship, you're not getting sleep, uh, you're not eating properly. All these are stresses, and then you add on to an, a workout. Your body's just going to be completely overwhelmed, and it will not respond. So I try to get my clients to train three times a week. And this is why I love my program so much is because that's all I offer, and that's all I do. Uh, who has more than three hours a week to strength train? I certainly don't, and I think a lot of people would be in the same position. So if you if you commit to this three times a week, you understand that there's lots of days that you can – take off to rest or do other things that you love. 
Uh, the second thing is you have to get three balanced meals in each day. So these are nutrient, nutrient dense meals. Um, they're real food. So this might include a little bit of prepping, a little bit of grocery shopping on the weekend. But if you can commit to a little bit of extra time and have that food in the fridge and get prepping, those three meals will fuel your body for those three workouts. The last thing, and probably the one that I really encourage the most, is stop eating three hours before bed. Now, this can be a challenge because people like to sit down, relax, and think they deserve you know, that bedtime snack. But we really certainly shouldn't need anything if we're eating those three meals that are full of nutrients and high-protein meals. Your body has digested that food. You're going to wake up. You're going to sleep better. You're going to wake up feeling ready to eat again. Plus, you're going to want to start the day and get up early. So if you're hungry, a little bit hungry, I don't say hungry, but I say to client a little peckish before you go to bed. Instead of grabbing that snake snack, just go to bed, get up, and you're going to be ready to get up and eat a really good high-nutritious high breakfast. You can check out Tish Duffy and all her great tips on her social media platform. She's everywhere. Train with Tish is the handle. Thanks for your time, Tish. My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. I have to bring this up. I'm not a political guy. Like, I don't want to be political. If anybody knows me, knows I'm Eileen Wright of center, okay? Um, there are, what, 332, 336 million people in the United States. How in the bloody hell can they only find an 80-year-old like Joe Biden to be their president and Donald Trump, who's going to be like 76 or 77, to be the, the other guy running? How? Like, how is that possible? I don't think anybody in their right mind wants to be a politician anyway. Joe Biden told reporters that Putin is clearly losing the war in Iraq. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he's running again. He is running again. Is he managing the Padres? Did somebody replace Bob Melvin with... Joe Biden, give me a break. He'd be a good fit in San Diego. 936-6262 is the number to uh, text. Brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. We got our poll question again up there. I am really fed up with the Padres who spent uh, more than the GDP of uh, of Iraq uh, on their roster. And they uh, are terrible. They, lost, they had a 4 nothing lead on the Pirates today. I cooked myself two hot dogs, sat down to watch a game, and they lose 5-4. Maybe it's me. I can't have anything nice when it comes to sports. So I will always cheer for the Padres, but I need to have a backup plan. Now, time when you lose to Pittsburgh on a Thursday afternoon and Michael Ball has wasted two hot dogs and 30 minutes on you, then I need to look for something else. So we've got a poll question at SportsGage. You could text 936-6262. If I was to come up with a backup plan, and Zinger will take you into our methodology about this in a bit, but if I was to come up with a backup plan, these are the four teams we've come up with. The Houston Astros, because they cheated and I love being a heel. Uh, The Detroit Tigers, because they've got a great ballpark. The um, Pittsburgh Pirates, because, well, they just beat my team. And the Buccos have a good history, and they've got a great park, too, right? Mm -hmm. And the Atlanta Braves, Mm because they've recently won a World Series, and they're on pace to win like 108 games. Anyway, go to the At Sports Cage and vote. We'll keep it open till this time tomorrow. And uh, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, talk to Paul Waldo. 
Waldo, I just, all my teams suck. Like every team I cheer for, including the Riders, they don't suck this year. But let's be honest, they've only won four championships. I'm a disgruntled sports fan, Paul. You know, you know, the irony is you're so passionate about it, it sucks. You know, I mean, you couldn't be the guy that just was like a casual sports fan who didn't really care about his teams and did it to, to pass time. So I think, I think that's the hard part about it. But I, hey, I love it. You just gotta, you gotta hang in there, Balls. You gotta hang in there. So let me ask you a question, man. You're, you, now you weren't a millionaire football player, but like you were a rough rider and like, how long did you take to get over a game? Because I know there are a lot of fans that actually seem to care way more than the players do. Take me behind the dressing room door. I think, you know, as a player, we always had the, uh, the collective 24-hour rule. Good, bad, ugly, 24 hours. And then you, you got to flush it down the toilet because you've got you to gotta move on to play. And as you know, the, 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 the weeks are short. You know what I mean? You only have 18-plus games. So it was, it was a 24-hour rule. I mean, if you played exceptionally bad, I know for myself as a guy, the worst part was, was the time between the game and then watching film with the rest of your coaches and your teams because you knew it was going to be bad. But you know, they always say it was never as bad as you, as you think it is or as good as you think it is. But the 24-hour rule, and I think fans tend to forget that. I think sometimes they're more caught up about it. they got more, more time to kill and more time to, I guess, stew in it. But 24 hours and, and, and we're on to the next. Paul Waldo joining us here. Uh, you want to get in the real estate game with Paul, 306-502-5355. So, uh, Paul, uh, you played with Anthony Calvillo. When you had Anthony Calvillo on your sideline, you always had a chance. You played with yeah. Darian Durant. When you had Darian Durant, you always had a chance, as evidenced by that West semifinal in the fourth quarter when he put the team on his back and ran you guys what eventually was to a Great Cup championship. The Rough Riders have something similar in Trevor Harris, I believe. They've got a chip a chair and a chance. How do you feel about him being with the Rough Riders? You know, I feel the exact same way. I think, you know, he's a, he's a guy that, if I'm not mistaken, he's got two great cups, um, has played, you know, under the great, you know, the Mark Trust. And I, I want to say, I think he was a, he, him, Claris, Fajardo, I think they were all, and Ricky Ray, if I'm not mistaken, were all in Toronto mm-hmm. under that Trustman, Milanovic um, era. So, you know, he's been coached well, and obviously he won he won a great cup in uh, in Ottawa as well. And anytime you got a guy who who's been around long enough, you know, throws the ball well, uh, who's won championships, who's been around great teams and organizations, you always have a chance. Hey, talk about a couple of the rider defensive backs for me. Uh, let's start with Roland Milligan. He plays that boundary yeah. halfback, which is, you know, with the balance field with the hash marks, it's, uh, you know, six yeah. of one, half a dozen of the other. But that guy yeah. is an, uh, what a great player. And what an athletic play against the Stamps. I know you were at a wedding, so you didn't really watch it live, but, yeah. but you probably saw the highlights. He picks it off it and gets punches out, punched out and lands right back in his hands, right, yeah. and he doesn't miss a beat. Talk about that. You know what? It was. I had to watch it. I mean, yeah, I watched the replay because I had watched the game after, and I had to watch it like three or four times. I'm like, you know, call the lucky bounce or great coordination, but it never. It's like he didn't lose a stride. It was. It was like the ball never actually hit the ground. You know, but he's been. I mean, he's been. He's such an explosive player, and and you look back to free agency a couple of years ago, and you wonder why they let guys like Ed Gainey walk. Didn't really understand it. Now you know why. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a better, more complete all-around player than uh, than that guy. Yeah, for sure. And C.J. Rivas steps in after uh, your old uh, player, Nelson Lacombo, from the Husky days. He ends up getting hurt. Not sure how bad the shoulder injury is. But yeah. he, uh, Rivas steps in. And, man, he had a whale of a football game. He did. And, it, you know, it's, it's so great. I, I remember even, you know, going back, being a young guy, getting into a game. It's, 
especially earlier on in my career when the game was on the line, there's nothing better than to go in there, perform, winning a game in overtime against a tough divisional opponent. I think it just gives you all the confidence in the world. But it's, I think it's that, you know, that next man mentality, right? Next man up. And it was awesome. It was just so good to see. It was fun to watch. Yeah, and let's talk about uh, Jaden Dalkey, who didn't play because yeah. of injury, but boy, he has stepped in there nicely. And uh, you know, from a sixth round draft pick out of the U of A, you yeah. faced him in U Sports, and now he's a CFL guy that's got regular contributor. Did you even see this coming? No, I, I didn't. To be honest with you, um, you know, he was a good player at the definitely the U Sport level, and he was good. Yeah, I kind of always found the ball, and you know, he's that he's that. Yeah, I think he was playing linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. He was kind of a tweener, and he was a good player. You know, I. So I'm getting dropped, and I said, okay, you know, it might be a guy that can play on special teams eventually, but I didn't think he'd be anything more than that until I actually saw him play. And it's it's weird because, you know, you get some players that, you know, were, were decent college players, and then uh, and then they, they get to the pros and, and, and end up being better pros. And then you have some guys that are, you know, the opposite, you know, that were phenomenal, you know, collegiate players, and they get to the pros, and they kind of just get washed away in the, in the mist or whatever. And he's really taking advantage of every opportunity and he's fun he plays hard and he's that you know traditional hard hitting safety that I think the game has kind of got away from you know what I mean you're getting a lot of a lot of imports back there now and they're they're you know guys are covering a little bit more and I think I think he kind of gives you a little bit more a little bit more juice back there in, in the ability to be physical and, and take over the middle Regina football royalty Paul Waldo joining us here um three-time great cup champ what do you make of what Chris Jones is doing with this quarterback room there in Edmonton oh, Lord you know what's going on you know you want to talk about the quarterbacks <laughs> giving you a chance I think that's how we started this segment and yeah you just you it's a dumpster fire over there you would just not want to be in that dressing room because you know knowing you know that the guy well you don't know that's the thing it's the uncertainty of who's playing and how many snaps and are they getting yanked after a series? Like it's kind of crazy. It's uh, it's 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 sad because you know you sense or you smell that that sort of desperation and the just the the clusterness of of what's going on over there. You know, only three games into the season, it's. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Good good for the green guys over here, though. Yeah, you you'd love to see Bob Dice get a break in Ottawa. I mean, he's finally getting his yep. first head coaching gig. You know, you know him. You know he's a stand up dude. But he's start, but he's starting the season without a true bona fide number one quarterback. And that, that's got to be tough. It does. I mean, you know, like I said, that's the one position where you you don't want any uncertainty. And it, it, I know it's been a little bit challenging over there. Nick Arbuckle hasn't really been able to to transform. I think the way people. I've expected him over there, and I know it's kind of the waiting game of, of getting the solely back and healthy. But um, yeah, you, you hope they can they can pull it out. You know, I'm, I'm a big Bobby Dice fan. He's, he's one of my favorites ever, and uh, and so yeah, yeah, you hope the best for them. And it's, it's good to have a divisional opponent who's who do you th- over there. So lastly, who do you think is going to have a better season at the end of the year? Is it going to be Chad Kelly in Toronto or the guy he faces on Monday, Vernon Adams Jr.? Oh, yeesh. You know, I don't know. Vernon Adams, I'm hot and cold with him. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I, I've never, I can't figure him out. There's days he looks like, you know, he's going to be a division also. And other days he looks, you know, subpar, below average. And then, you know, Chad Kelly's, you know, had that swagger, came in in, in, in that in that great game and did what he did. I don't think he's, he's you know, fallen off at all. So I'm going to have to probably go with uh, 
I'm going to probably have to go with Chad Kelly. It's awesome, man. If you want to get in the real estate game, give my buddy Paul Waldo a call, 306-502-5355. Can't wait to go to lunch next week with you and my son. It's going to yeah. be a good time. Can't wait, buddy. Maybe, maybe Ethan can kind of throw both of us on his shoulders. I saw that picture you guys had there. He's so strong, the kid. Now. I'm hey, like, no, hey, looking, wait. looking forward to it, buddy. Hey, wait. Your kid's young. You wait because it's very humbling when they can pick you up and twirl you around. Take care, man. That's Paul Waldo joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. This show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. We'll be back with more in a moment here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Came in a bit disgruntled today. Um, sixth inning, my Padres had a 4-0 lead, then it dwindled to 4-2. But okay, you know what? They're going to try to wrap up this three-game set against the lowly Pirates in Pittsburgh. Nice stadium there. Is it PNC Park? Anyway, they're going to they're gonna wrap it up. I'm going to cook myself two hot dogs before I have to drive in from White City to do the show with my buddy Sean Kleisinger for you fine sports cage shareholders. I don't get the dogs off the barbecue and put my mustard on before. <laughs> and Tim Hill throws it into right field. And the Pirates have tied it at four. And then they win 5-4. And my Padres, who have the third most expensive payroll in baseball, um, are 37-44 and 44 at the exact midway point. And now they travel to Cincinnati tomorrow to play the Red Hot Reds. So it's just getting from bad to worse, okay? So I'm always going to cheer for the Padres. I will never cheer for, you know, I'm never not going to cheer for the Padres. But you need a good backup plan. So, like an insurance policy. And fortunately in Major League Baseball, there are a bunch of other teams. So... Singer, what was your what's your mentality with picking up if you were to pick another team, what's your mentality? So first of all, I would look into stadium. You know, a good yeah. stadium goes a long way. Okay, as That's well. That's why I like the Padres, by the way, because first Gwyn, but then they moved into Petco Park, which is right up there, probably top five Major League Baseball stadium. Okay, and the other one would be Team History. You know, <laughs> which they don't have Team History. Uh, you know, whether it goes back to the 1910s, it yeah. doesn't. You know, don't be too picky about it. But and unis. Unis is another one. As yeah. long see history is a big thing, but if they don't have a long history in the league, at least know the history that they do have. Okay, so so for example, sorry, but yeah. for example, if you're going to pick the Colorado Rockies, which yeah. is not in our poll by the way, but just using it as an example, if you were to pick the Rockies, I believe their first year was '94. Yeah. At least know from '94 to. 2023. No, I'm inside out. So I picked, pride the, in it. I picked the Pirates because I'm a prisoner of the moment because they just beat my team because their colors are similar to my team's colors, the Padres, and because they have a history. Like they won, you know, back yeah, in the Roberto day. Roberto Clemente, they yeah, Willie lot, Stargell, yeah, all those a lot guys. Of great players, a lot of great uh, players. And they've got a great ballpark. You've been there. You like it. Yes. So there you go. So I got Pittsburgh. Uh, my other. My other NL team are the Atlanta Braves because I've always liked the Braves. They lost to the Twins in 1991 in the World Series, right? I believe they did, yeah. Yeah, then they lost in 92 to the Blue Jays. Um, they've won a couple of World Series titles. They're on pace to win 108 games. I like their unis. They got a new ballpark. I like it. I like Dale Murphy back in the day. 
Hank Hank Aaron played on that team. Well, how about the good old Superstation days with like Chipper yeah, Jones, yeah. Andrew Jones, Chipper Gary Jones, Sheffield, yeah. Chipper Jones, Javi Lopez, Atlanta Superstation. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like that the Democrat Ted Turner, but whatever. They've always been number two in my heart because they were always on TV. Okay, so so I we got the Braves. Zinger helped me pick that one out. Over in the American League, I got the Detroit Tigers. Now it's a dumpy city, but they've got classic unis. They've got a great park, it's Comerica mm-hmm. Ballpark, mm-hmm. and you said they got the best peanuts in the world. Yeah, the best Major League Baseball peanuts out there. Okay. Oh, they're so good. I've, I've never been. been. This guy here, this guy here, before he had his son Casper, he's going to find out that cuts into his uh, traveling budget, but he's traveled to a lot of places. And then the other one I got are the, because I like being a heel sometimes, you got to go with the Houston Astros. The Houston Trashtros, they cheated their way to a World Series. Terry Poole from Melville, a Houston Astro. Uh, Nolan Ryan, of course, they had those cheesy orange jerseys back in the day. They used to have a ball diamond where center field went up, right? Remember mm-hmm. when the center field went up? Mm-hmm. Whose idea was that? Yeah. They, they at, at least they've leveled it off. They've got the train up there out in the outfield. And so that's our pole there. So we Yeah, got, they they took that they took that hill out. Yeah. It it, it that hill was in the current ballpark. They just they just scrapped it because it was goofy. Oh, people, stupid! People are getting injured and Blowing stuff. Blowing their knees out and everything. It was they used stupid. to play in the Astrodome, uh, Astrodome before yeah, yeah. Minute Maid Park the was ham, open. The the stadium that Terry Poole and Earl Campbell built. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so those are those are the choices. You can go to at Sports Cage right now. Who's winning? I think the Pirates were winning last time I saw. So I'm going to refresh the page. Yeah. As of 3:54 right now. The Pittsburgh Pirates are winning 45% of the vote, Ballsy. Mm-hmm. Number two is the Braves, 27. Astros at 18, and 9% of the vote goes to the Tigers. I was kind of hoping the Tigers would no, that's, have we a, got You got 24 hours to vote, uh, so we still got about a, a 23 hours to go. Tigers have such nice unis and nice logo. They mm. got this text. I got this text here from Anonymous Texter. It's an Alberta number. Please leave your name. We want to address you. You can't go wrong with the Tampa Rays, who, who consistently find the best players nobody wants. And if the Rays don't do it for you, pick the Baltimore Orioles, who have a great young team at a reasonable price. Can't go with the Rays. They've got a terrible ballpark. Yeah, I disagree with I that. I was thinking about the Orioles, though, because Camden Yards is nice. Now, Baltimore's dumpy like Detroit, but they have a little bit of a history, too. they got the Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr., Eddie Murray. Mm-hmm. Not Eddie Murphy, but Eddie Murray. Yeah, Camden Yards was the first modern-era ballpark built in the in the early 90s. 90s. Yeah, after that, a lot of ballparks were kind of modeled after it, like, like yeah. Coors Field, Petco you name Park. it. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of so, like a pioneer. Yeah. It's kind of like a pioneer. You're right. Uh, Leonard says that he, Michael, I love Papa Joe. I didn't say he couldn't like Joe Biden. He's an idiot, though. He's an idiot. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a total he loves his ice cream. He's right a total when he was... <laughs> and complete idiot, in my opinion. And he's also uh, the biggest phony going in in a world full of phonies. And they are, there are a bunch of phonies. Joe Biden is a huge phony, like a huge phony. It's, it's actually laughable and, and that nobody reports on it. Hey, Ballsy, the Reds, Cardinals, Twins, and maybe the Mariners is who you should look at. And it's Kelly from, uh, the, uh, from California who went uh, with us. I'd skip over the Mariners. 
Yeah, I don't like the Mariners. Oh uh, well, no, that's their not ball, their ballpark is depressing. Not I don't true like it. because Ken Griffey Jr. was my second favorite player of all time. But you're and I do like me some Rick Riz, who's been on this show, the play-by-play man. The Twins is kind of obvious because they're one of our closer teams. I would have picked the Twins, but they messed up their entire uniform. Oh, they really messed those up. They, they had did. they had fine uniforms. Their new yeah. logo looks like the Marlins yeah. for some. Whoever made that logo, like what, what's yeah. going through that brain? Huh? The Cardinals have a nice logo. And they are, I liked Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Vince Cardinals. Coleman back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like them. And the Cincinnati Reds. But everybody would accuse me of jumping on the hot team, the Reds, right now. So I can't go with either of those. We'll just stick with our polls. But thanks for your submission. Keep the text coming, 936-6262. I really appreciate it. Coming up on the other side of... Uh, Four o'clock. I want to get to this. This guy's been called a Canadian football hater. Yeah, yeah. He but he's now on the board of directors for Football Canada. He's Arash Madani. He joins us next here in the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. And welcome back to the show. And yes, Coast to Coast with Sportsnet's Arash Madani is brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call at 306 546 25. 33. All right. Uh, we have to give this guy in person. Congratulations. That would be Arash Madani. He's been named to the Football Canada Board of Directors. And uh, Arash, I got this tweet at The Real Ballsy, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. I just got to call it up here. Uh, okay. I've been looking forward to this segment since learning of Arash Madani becoming a CFL board member. It'll be nice to see his efforts being made on all items that Arash has been advocating change for. One's criticism of something doesn't mean they hate it, which ties into some other messages I got. People were like, why the hell is this guy on the board? He does nothing but cut the CFL down. He obviously doesn't love football in Canada, so why the <laughs> hell is he with Football Canada? So now I turn it over to you, Arash Madani. What does it mean? Well, what does it mean to you to be a, on the board of directors, and how can you help this great game? Well, Baldy, first of all, what does it mean? I mean, I am honestly thrilled. Um, I am surprised I was elected. To be quite honest with you, I saw that they had three open board positions. But you and I are similar. We love this game. We love amateur sport in this country. Uh, we want to see amateur football succeed and amateur football is so much different today in 2023 than it was when you and i were coming up when you and i were coming up it was just tackle and nothing else Mm -hmm. now there's touch now there's flag now there's organized girls football which is all wonderful and it all falls under that umbrella I, i think your first viewer who said just because there's criticism of the professional business side on how they operate is so much different than how the amateur game is going to evolve. And you know what? Yeah, I'm critical of how the professional business operates in this country. Football Canada has nothing to do with that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try and help. I'm going to try and make things better. 
by getting involved with the board of directors so that at the grassroots level and at the amateur level, it can improve moving forward. And that, that's my hope with this opportunity. Yeah, Trevor sends a text and he said, hey, ask Arash if he'll be attending any national championships in his new role for Football Canada. Like, for instance, the under-16 West Challenge is in Regina in two weeks. Now, I would suspect you're not going to be doing that because you're busy with Sportsnet, too. But you will, when you can, try to mesh the schedules together, I'm assuming. Yeah, middle of July, I'm actually headed to Edmonton for the Football Canada Cup which is the under-19, or maybe it's the 19 and under. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's changed over the years. But that national championship is part of, uh, as part of some meetings. And I, and I think this is important. Uh, thanks, Trevor, for the question. And, and Balzi, I kind of touched on this earlier. We assume football is helmets and pads, right? As, as long as yep. we've known, that's what football is. But let's remember... Touch football and the 2028 Olympics, the LA Olympics, is going to be a sport. So how we develop touch football is going to matter in this country because there's a chance of an Olympic gold medal for us to go get. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that is um, think of all the great quarterbacks that don't get a shot in the CFL because of a flawed and biased business or football system, okay? Uh, Be careful, you're being critical. You must hate the CFL. I know, I know, I know. Adam Sinegra, you know, Mark Mueller. I'm just throwing names off the top. Noah Picton, Mason Nias. There's guys that could have an opportunity. Brad Sinopoli. Brad Sinopoli was a hell of a university quarterback. Yeah, they turned him into a receiver. Jordan Yance, University of Manitoba, about ten years ago. Yeah, he awesome was some quarterback. Yeah, he was a Regina kid, Thunder quarterback. So anyway, those guys will have an opportunity to win a gold medal one day, maybe in the in the whole Olympic flag or touch football setup. Right, and so these are the things that Football Canada has to support, has to get behind, has to have a structure and a system in place for development. It has to have a program where it's going to get you know nationally carded, nationally funded, just like the diving community and the cycling community and the swimming community. And it's got to create the, I don't know if the idea is the right term, but you got to go and let people know who play junior football and university football. If you play skilled positions, if you're a receiver, if you're a running back, if we can turn you into a tight end, if you're a linebacker, a DB... Want to come play for the national team at the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Want to kind of make that pivot if um, if your pro career doesn't pan out or if you don't even want to go down the pro football mm-hmm. route and just want to kind of do this? Yeah, I think that's cool. Arash Madani joining us here from Sportsnet, also a new board member for Football Canada. One more question as it relates to that before we shift our focus to the CFL and you can start hacking and whacking that league down. There you um, go. Um, where where do you weigh in on safety concerns about football? I think we've made this game. Uh, you know, when I watch pro football, one thing I love about the CFL is we actually still allow a kicking game. I I think when you sign up for this sport, at least tackle, you're signing up. You know what you're signing up for. I think we've basically made it as safe as we can. Where do you weigh in on the safety in football? I believe, Balzi, that... Um, tackle football does not need to happen at the very young ages because that's mm-hmm. still where brains are being formed. Look, it, at the pro level, even the university level, at this stage, people know what it is. People know what it is they're signing up for. 
there are still people in this day and age, I'm standing outside, I'm watching one of them right now, about 50 feet from me, they're still smoking a cigarette. They know the dangers, and they have made the choice as an adult to do it. That's fine. They're, they're a grown man or a grown woman, they're doing it. I believe safety in football is the same thing. You have to have a, a minimum age limit before you put on the helmets and the pads. And I think that making, you know, putting kids at the age six, seven, who don't know how to tackle, who don't have the technique down, you're just asking for trouble at that point. Okay, Arash, uh, hey, we'll be watching and uh, looking forward to what you can, uh, what kind of change or what kind of support you can give to Football Canada. If I if I had a vote, that'd be uh, checking the box for you. Okay, so the Riders had so many questions coming into the season. Um, were any of the questions answered for you in what I thought was a really gutsy win in Calgary? I tell you what, Balti, what did you and I, other than Bo Levi, and in the aftermath of Bo Levi not coming to Regina, what did you and I talk about for about a month, if not longer? <laughs> Who is going to be the offensive coordinator of this football team? Yeah. And how will the play calling go? And Kelly Jeffries, a lame duck coach, and how is he going to get buy-in, and how is this going to go? Well, I'll tell you what. I watched that overtime, and I... It felt like I was watching uh, something out of a video game. I was so impressed with how Jeffrey flipped the script on a Calgary defense that had been sitting on tendencies, a Calgary defense that was thought they knew what was coming and had an absolutely brand-new chapter of plays, it seemed like, ready for the Stampeder defense in overtime that they didn't know how to handle. I was really impressed with how... They they made the fifth and the sixth quarters, if you will, so different than the first four. And I thought, look, the defense got the job done at the end with the pick and the terrible Jake Mayer decision and all that stuff. But I really think this rider offense has a lot more imagination to it than a lot of people thought. I agree. And uh, I read this stat from Dave Naylor earlier in the week. I'll give him credit. Since Ottawa and Edmonton decided that Trevor Harris was no longer good for them, those teams combined are 15-64. and 64. I mean, it's not a right. shocker. You need a quarterback in any league, but you got to have you got to have good quarterbacking and good Canadians to win in this league. It's never changed. And uh, a new offensive coordinator benefits with having a guy like Trevor Harris on the field. He gives you a chance. Man, I tell you, quarterback play, I, I get pro football is all about younger and cheaper and faster and whatever, but quarterback play is about experience and wisdom too, isn't it? Yep. It's about understanding situations. It's about having the game slow down for you. It's about knowing how to handle and attack what's being given to you and not forcing something that isn't there, which is exactly what happened to Calgary's quarterback in that game, which is exactly what's happening in Edmonton, which is exactly what's happening in Ottawa. And, and Balzi, I know people in Regina don't want to hear it, but when it comes to experience, your old pal Cody in Montreal's got a couple of wins under his belt. He's got a little bit of, a little bit of experience. That stuff matters. Mm-hmm. That stuff really matters. And having a quarterback with poise and having a quarterback who's been through it, who's been in big games, who's been knocked around, has got back up. I know all this stuff sounds cliche, but it's real. And if you don't believe it, flip on the games 
and see what the difference is. Hey, in our show prep for this segment, you uh, you say you got an idea for Canada Day and the CFL. Do tell my listeners. I believe that you need to have two. It has to be a doubleheader every year. I don't care when in the week it is. And Regina has to be one of them. And you need to have a damn flag from one end zone to the other. Ballsy, it's Canada Day weekend. There's three games over the holiday weekend in its entirety mm-hmm. from Thursday to Monday. Make it make it Regina. Make it Hamilton. Make it two of the heartland markets of this league. Make sure they play every – I know Labor Day is a big one. Use Canada Day as a real – marker in this league. Youth Canada Day is a real major event in this league and I just I really believe they're not taking advantage of I, it. I don't disagree. I think one of the greatest games ever was uh the Riders in Montreal July first, two thousand and ten, after the thirteenth man game, that overtime right. game where Richardson made the catch in the back of the end zone, the one handed grab. Okay, lastly before we let you go, Rash Madani, uh I saw this just before we went to air here. Vladdy Guerrero's going back to the home run derby. He is in Seattle. Um, it has been a tough, I mean, tough. It has not been the kind of start to the season we expect from, uh, from Mr. Guerrero. And look, he knows he needs to get his stock back up, his brand back up. Um, this is a way to do it because Vlad's trademark is going to be the long ball. And, you know, when, when you're not producing the way people expect Vlad Guerrero to produce, when he's not going to be an automatic all-star. This is what he has to do to get himself back on the map. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting a huge first round and a huge derby altogether from Vlad because after this first half of the season, he needs to get back on MLB's radar. Okay, before I let you go, I'm going to throw this one at you because it's timely. Coming up next, we got our clutch performance, and he is our clutch performer from yesterday. But I cannot get too excited about Domingo Herman throwing the 24th uh Complete really? perfect game. And yeah, because he got caught cheating twice this year already. Once in a Minnesota Twins game where he went to the dugout and they said, no, go back in and clean yourself off. And then, okay, that's fine. And then a little later on in the year, he got a 10 game suspension for having too much stuff on his hands. He's a cheater. Is Tom Brady a cheater? Yeah, maybe, but he's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I'm like hey, I'm like the CFL. I have selective justice. I have selective justice. By the way, since we're yeah. there, since we're there, Mr. Football Canada guy. How, yes, sir, Mr. Regina guy. Yeah, how in the bloody hell can Chris Edwards oh my get God. a slap on the wrist? He's a repeat offense. This is what I didn't like about the whole Garrett Marino thing. Now, granted, it wasn't a career-threatening injury. It was a shove. But this is the third time that guy has done something and he gets a slap on the wrist. That's embarrassing. And you know what? The Hamilton Tiger Cats are a gutless organization. Because if they had any kind of stones, there would be an internal suspension there. But they're looking at their record and whatever, and they're going to you know, talk about values and all those things. It, you almost expect this from Randy Ambrosi. Like, you know, his idea of, of, of player discipline is pin the tail on the donkey, walking around blind, just seeing what he's, you know, staggering around where it's going to end up on the bingo card. But the fact that the Tiger Cats have let their locker room know that that's okay, that that's okay, what does that say? It says a lot. 
it says a lot. Thanks for your time, Arash. Take care. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Paul. You too. Happy Canada Day to you, by the way, and everybody listening. Uh, One of the great holidays of our it's um, all, of our calendar. It's awesome, man. Take care. Have a great weekend. Have fun. Enjoy the football games. And he's a board member now for Football Canada. Pick the score. 936-6262. You want to go to the Riders game? July 15th. Dickinson Bowl number 10. Dickinson Bowl number 10. Craig's 3-6 and six against his brother Dave, but he won the last outing in overtime, double overtime, as we just talked about. 936-6262. You call in now, you pick the score, and we'll talk about all the winnings you can have. But you got to call in, 936-6262. We'll take a break and be back in a moment on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Grounded to third. Donaldson has him. There Yes, Yankees pitcher Domingo Herman pitched the 24th perfect game in MLB history last night, retiring every Oakland batter in an 11-0 victory over the lowly A's. It's the first perfect game since Seattle ace Felix Hernandez threw one against the Rays on August 15th, 2012. There were three that season, but none since then until Herman last night threw the first no-hitter in the big leagues this year. Of course, that's a guy who's been busted twice for cheating, so I'm not going to jump up and down about the performance, but he is our clutch performer for Nick Service here on the Sports Cage. Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give him a call, 781-1077. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get a dollar off of tankards down there. Check out their great menu and drink specials besides the dollar off of tankards. And all the great sports under one roof. Sastel picked the score. So, let's go to the Who do we got, singer? Who's on the phone there? Kevin. Let's go to the phone and say hi to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. How are you, man? I'm doing great. You? Good. What are you up to today, Kev? I uh, just in Regina picking up parts. I had a breakdown. I'm making hay today. Making hay. Uh, aren't you supposed to make hay when the sun shines? Isn't that what they say? Oh, the sun's shining. I know. So uh, where where are you making hay? Not in Regina. Where would that be? Tyven. Tyve. Where's Tyven again? I, I think I know, but I don't know. You know where Francis is? Yes, absolutely. I know where yeah, Francis is. Yeah, eight miles east of Francis. Nice, man. How big is the farm? Uh, six quarters of land. Nice. So do you uh, listen to Rider Radio when you're driving around in your tractor there in the in the summer, harvest? Yes. Yes, I sure do. Awesome, man. Okay, so give me your pick to score for this game coming up July 6th when the Rough Riders take on Chris Jones and the Edmonton Elks. I'm going to say 35 to 18 for the Riders. Nice. You're feeling good about your Riders right now. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about them. They saw, they saw, seem to be playing pretty good. What do you like about like do you like the fact we got a veteran quarterback? You just I just seems like a different vibe this year with the team. Yeah, I like the the changes they made at quarterback in the other positions and 
the offensive coordinator also. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, offensive coordinator is uh, he's a lightning rod around here. Has been for a while. You got McAdoo's in Edmonton with Jones. You had Moss, who's co- uh, coaching in Montreal. Now we got Kelly Jeffrey, who was here last year as a running backs coach. We had him on this week. He's a real good guy. Okay, so you got the score. Now what happens is, is you've got tickets to the uh, Craig Dickinson, Dave Dickinson Bowl. That's Calgary, uh, Calgary and Saskatchewan on July the. 15th, I believe, here at uh, Mosaic Stadium. Um, that's their 10th matchup, either in the playoffs or the regular season. And if you're closest to picking the score this week, you'll get a $200 gift card to Sass Tell Kevin, and then you'll be in the running to go with three other people to watch a game in a luxury suite next year. Sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? Yes, awesome. Awesome. And now, if I'm to pick another team besides my Padres who keep breaking my heart, would would you say I'd take the Houston Astros, who have cheated and been a heel team, the Detroit Tigers, the Atlanta Braves, or the Pittsburgh Pirates? Who should be my backup team to cheer for? Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I like the Braves, too. I like their... Yeah. I, I do like their... Even though it's probably politically un- not correct, I did like their chant. It, 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 a lot of, you know, it was like a very a great rallying cry. That's how I looked at it. And uh, they're a great team. Yeah, thanks for the call, Kevin. Thanks for listening. And tell all your friends, okay? I sure will. Thank you so much. Take care. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back with Ben Whiting, former Husky player, now a Husky coach. He works for playnow.com, and we're going to talk about uh, some of his prop bets for this week, which kicks off tomorrow. Ottawa taking on the uh, the Edmonton Elks in the Toilet Bowl. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. And your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. And, yes, head on over to Curry Field tonight. The Brooks Bombers in town. Brooks won yesterday. Regina looking for some payback tonight. And it's Thirsty Thursday. It's beer batter uh, beer batter prices all game long today. Beer batter. Beer batter. That's my Boston accent. I'm uh, Hey, Red Sox. We're talking Red Sox. So I head over to... Uh, Curry Field tonight is going to be a fun game. And then if you can't make it tonight, Red Sox back in action tomorrow versus the Moose Jaw Miller Express, the next installment of the Trans-Canada Highway Clash. In the majors tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays taking on the San Francisco Giants. It's the rubber match. The winner of tonight's game will take the series. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters, ZD bang. Full back west, right, zoom. Full back left, pass, half back at zero, Z quick swing left, on one. Right. CFL report brought to you by our friends at Kevin's Marine and Fort Coppell. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Coppell or online at kevinsmarine.com. Today on the CFL report, we chat with TSN's Farhan Lalji about his early season surprises, both good and bad, through three weeks. Well, for, you know, there's two that are out there, but because I'm on a Saskatchewan show, I'll pick the Saskatchewan one because I think Montreal's a positive surprise as well. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, look, I, I think I, I had concerns about that roster. I didn't think they had upgraded enough in some meaningful areas, right? I didn't think they had upgraded their O line enough. I didn't think they had upgraded their receiving core 
uh, you know, enough or at all. Like I had some real concerns and um, I love what Trevor Harris is doing. I love what Kelly Jeffrey is doing in terms of how he's calling it the, the game and he's getting the run game a little bit more involved as we kind of go here. Uh, you know, Jamal Morrow is, is what we thought he was, right? And they, I think they need to commit even more to him. But, you know, I was a little worried about who Harris was going to throw to, you know, because, look, they, like, they picked up Darrell Walker really off the scrap heap, right, like a month into it, and then he's hurt again now. And so when you look at that and you look at Jake Winnicky, like I, I had talked to people there, and I don't even know that they were convinced that they had a number one receiver in the absence of Key and Schaefer Baker. So for, you know, Sam Emelis one week to be the guy and for Tr- Harris to figure out what he's being given in any given week and be able to take advantage of it, I think it's been has been really good, and and you know I like it. I think there's good people in that organization, uh, and obviously the fan base is the best in the league. So I, I love seeing Saskatchewan do what they're doing. All right, Farhan, and uh, I agree with you. Montreal is a nice story too, although they're going to get a big test here coming up against Winnipeg. What's one uh, one big surprise on the negative side for you, Farhan? Well. You know, I, I probably think I, I, maybe I was naive. I thought Ottawa would be better out of the gate. You know, I, <laughs> Jeremiah Masoli got back into the lineup, and, and he was awful, right? I mean, he's probably going to be third string this week. Um, and um, you know, and then Saskatchewan, not Saskatchewan, Calgary, uh, receiving wise, and for them to have struggled the way they had, but mostly, you know, I'm probably going to say Ottawa, right? And it's so difficult for those teams that have now had a bunch of losing, right? Those unbeaten, sorry, those winless teams right now, all of them are fighting, losing culture, seeping back into their locker room and having drama and anger and guys pointing fingers. They're all fighting that. I think Edmonton is losing that fight. Um, but, you know, just for, for Ottawa to have to be going through that right now with a class guy like, like Bob Dice and, you know, just some of the improvements they made, I'm surprised. I thought they would be a little bit better out of the gate, especially with other teams that, had question marks around them in the East. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Michael Ball with you along with Sean Kleisinger. The show brought to you by Canadian Brew House. And uh, every Thursday at uh, 435 we do this. Now next week we'll have to move it to Wednesday because the Riders play on Thursday. But it's uh, our uh, play now picks with playnow.com it's the only legal online game uh, gaming site gambling site in Saskatchewan and Ben Whiting who played in the CFL for three years played with the U of S Huskies joins us he's with play now how are you Ben I'm doing great I'm coming in from you live at uh, the beautiful Gold Horse Casino in Lloydminster Saskatchewan they call it the Las Vegas of the prairies out here nice I'll have to I was at Dakota Dunes when last I saw you in person I'll have to check that one out next time I'm rolling through going to Edmonton it that's uh, that's is it close to the border yeah, it's close to the border, but it's on the Saskatchewan yeah. side, so we're still on good turf here. <laughs> okay, good. So we uh, well only have three games this week to choose from, um, and so I want to get to your uh, prop bets here and uh, just bets in general on the game. Now we want to remind people where this is. We're 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 talking betting, but we're we're doing it for fun. Okay, we're not saying mortgage the house. We're saying just have have some fun with it, and that's kind of what we're encouraging. We'll get into how they can sign up at the end if they want to do that, though. But uh, Ben, let's get to uh, some of the bets that you've put out there for us to uh, talk about today. And how about that stud running back from the Toronto Argonauts, AJ Olet? 
Yeah, absolutely. AJ Olette, absolutely lighting it up. Um, I love his style of play, uh, first and foremost. And then second of all, I think the most important aspect of his game is his hair. He's got the <laughs> greasiest mullet in the league right now, which I, I do think adds a little bit to his style of play. He's a guy that can gash a team for 15-yard-plus runs. And then he's also somebody that you'd put trust in running the ball when you need one yard on a uh, important third down or to you know get into the end zone. So right now the odds on play now have him as an anytime touchdown scorer at 1.76. And coming off a three-touchdown game, I, I don't know if you can really – you know, bet against him right now. It's not the most sexy line at 1.76, but it's definitely one that you can hit. Um, and like I said, he's he's an all-purpose back. He's going to get tons of touches, and I think there's a pretty good chance that he's going to find the end zone this game. He looks like a nightmare to tackle. Who in your career was a nightmare to tackle, Ben Whiting? Oh, man. Uh, when I was a rookie, I forget his name. Running back out of uh, University of British Columbia. I forget his name, but his nickname was uh, Banger. And okay. uh, that pretty much explains it all. I think there's a, a couple of head-to-head collisions that I had in my day that I would like to uh, have back and uh, <laughs> might be attributing a little bit to the CTA today. But uh, I'm still standing, so that's good. Too bad, right? That's good. Hey, by the way, in terms of uh, you, you mentioned the mullet. Did you, have you ever tackled a guy by the hair? Uh, me myself, nothing that comes to mind. I do know it's an extension of the jersey now. Yeah. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, so, you are. Yep. I'm pretty sure you can get a horse collar tackle for dragging somebody down to the down to the turf with uh, their hair. But I know way back in the day, uh, it was legal actually, and you could grab someone by the hair and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. But no, not that I remember. Not too many long haired guys on a. Uh, offense either so whenever you see one out there you got to be a little bit weary (laughs) okay so um we kick off the week in uh, less than spectacular fashion we've got the uh team with the longest home losing skid in edmonton at 19 games against the team that has the second longest home losing skid in ottawa at 13 games the red blacks have dropped 24 of their last 25 at home, in terms of the CFL, I hope Ottawa wins for the good of the CFL because those fans have really put up with a lot of stuff, and they're actually tracking at eighteen thousand for the attendance for that game. Speaking of numbers, which I think is pretty good for a team that hasn't had a lot of winning there, next to none, because you know the Sens fans wouldn't support their team if it was that bad in hockey. So, with that in mind, the great Jared Dagey. Like, if we looked at the schedule back in uh, March, we'd say, okay, this is Taylor Cornelius against Jeremiah Masoli. Nope, it's Jared Dagey against Tyree Adams. Who do you got in this game? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. It's definitely one that uh, maybe gambling will help your entertainment value against Edmonton and uh, Ottawa. Obviously, uh, it, it's, you know, some of them, some people right now would call it the toilet bowl with the way both teams have been performing, but uh, for me, right now, and bear with me, uh, there's a reason they call it gambling and not winning, but I'm going to take Edmonton money line at 2.2 odds. Now, Ottawa's favored to win, and I think that's due to a couple different factors. Obviously, you just mentioned the, the QB situation. It's, it's not pretty on either side for, for both teams. You want Masoli, he's not in, and then Cornelius has obviously had his struggles throughout the start of the season, but... Uh, I think a new QB sometimes, that can be a little bit of a spark plug to a team. Um, 
it gives you a little bit more, you know, of a dynamic look, something that maybe another team hasn't been able to prepare for. And I tell you what, Michael, there's nothing more dangerous in this world than a man that has nothing to lose. And that's mm-hmm. the Edmonton Elks right now, all right? They got their back against the wall. They're not playing at home, so they don't have to face the pressure of that home loss streak. And I think that something could happen. You'll recall last year when they put uh, Trey Ford in at quarterback, uh, they were actually, I think it was, they were able to get their first uh, win of the season when nobody thought that they could do it. So it's, yeah, that, it's a little bit of a, a risky bet, but I am going to take Edmonton money line at 2.2 odds of this. Game. And I think that game you were referring to is in Hamilton, too, when they won that game, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So the Bombers play Montreal. That's going to be an intriguing game. The Bombers are coming off a lopsided loss at home, and we haven't been able to say that much in three years. They got old overnight, at least for one night. And Montreal's off to a nice 2 and 0 start. Cody Fajardo was the highest graded quarterback last week by Pro Football Focus. Now, let's be honest here. Montreal hasn't really, quote-unquote, played anybody. They played Hamilton without Bo Levi Mitchell. They're a dumpster fire. And then they played Ottawa. We just talked about Ottawa's struggle. So they haven't really beaten, quote-unquote, anybody. You can't fault them. You just play who you play. Um, what do you got for a bet in this game, if you do have something for this game? Yeah, for sure. So Bombers versus Montreal. Uh, it's an interesting line, one we haven't brought up on this segment quite yet. I'm going to go first half points over 24 points, and those odds are at 1.9. So for those of you who are listening that maybe are confused by what I'm talking about, uh, once the first half concludes, I'm betting that the score combined between both teams is going to be over 24 points. And that's for a couple of reasons. Uh the Bombers kind of got their lunch fed to them last week, scoring only six points. Uh, If they're as good as a team that we all know that they can be, they're going to want to bounce back, and they're going to be playing this game with a little bit of moxie, hitting the ground running, and uh, doing what good teams do. If they are, like I said, a good team, they're going to bounce back, and I think it's going to be fast, very quick out of the gates. And as much as it pains me to say it, as you know, I'm not a very big Montreal fan. They have been looking pretty good, too, so... With those combined points, I don't see why the the point spread could be under 24 points in the first half, uh, and and those 1.9 odds uh, is pretty appealing to me as well. Okay, and I want to throw one in here, and get your opinion. The BC Lions. Uh... Wrap up Monday football in Toronto against the Argos. BC's off to a 3-0 start. Argos defending champs 2-0. Chad Kelly's looked pretty good. Everybody was wondering, was that just a flash in the pan in the Grey Cup? But he looks pretty solid. And Vernon Adams Jr. playing pretty sound football. He's never going to be an elite quarterback, but he's doing what he has to do. Two great defenses. The Lions have only given up one touchdown in three games, and the Argos might have the best linebacking core. Uh, the Argos last line I saw over at your site, playnow.com, they're three-point dogs at home. I'm taking the Argos at home with the points. Yeah, no kidding. This is like two bull elephants facing off in the African savannah. It's going to be a <laughs> greasy, high-octane battle. Uh, those odds have actually since changed to 2.45, which is interesting because when you, you know, compare that to the Edmonton Elk versus the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Elk, are only at 2.2. So uh, they're saying uh, that BC's got a way higher chance of winning this game against Toronto. But I'd agree with you there, Mike. Uh, On this one in particular, I would go with the BC Lions. I don't know if 
you know, the, the Lions are playing the, the hot hand and they're striking while the iron's hot. Um, mm-hmm. The Argos are pretty good too, but I just, if the, if the Lions are continuing to roll the same way that they have been, I don't know if there's anybody in the league can stop them except for themselves. Interesting. Okay. So how do they sign up at playnow.com there, Ben? Yeah, for sure. So all you got to do if you want to get in on the action, you head over to playnow.com. Uh, once you get to the homepage there, There'll be an icon in the top right-hand side of your phone, tablet, computer, whatever you may be, that will say join. You'll enter your personal information in four easy steps. We have tons of different uh, welcome offers and bonuses that you can redeem. We also uh, offer a ton of more bets that we just talked about today. There's there's virtually hundreds of bets on our sports book, uh, tons of different sports, and you can also parlay those bets together. Um, of course, Anytime you're gambling, you want to make sure that you're over the age of 19 and you're using your game sense when you play, you're playing responsibly, playing within your budget, and making sure gambling's fun and uh, not becoming harmful for you. This has been fun, Ben. Can't wait to talk to you next week. It'll be a Wednesday, I think, because we want to get the rider stuff in there. So we'll talk to you soon, okay? Take care. Looking forward to it. Thanks again, Mike. Awesome, man. That's Ben Whiting, former CFLer, former U of S Husky, coaches with the U of S Huskies. Actually, we'll be back with Brian Raymond and a pick six in a moment here on the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. All right, we're working the clock here, so we got to get out to the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Nice to see you yesterday, Brian. It was a monumental day for Pat fans as uh, Connor Bernard goes first overall. Absolutely, and it was really nice to hear the Regina Pats mentioned as many times as they did. Of course, thanks to Connor Bedard for that. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, so Brian, let's get to it. We got a long weekend. Uh, get out in the course and uh, shoot some stick there. Tell us about some of the deals at Flowing Springs. Well, you know we have that Monday Wednesday special. Well, Monday is not a holiday here at Flowing Springs. So if you're looking at playing golf next Monday and you've got the day off, seniors and ladies play for just thirty-two dollars. Non-senior men's. $42. Still a big savings from the $55 we normally charge. And of course, every day of the week, $35 after 3 o'clock, and our famous after 6 walk only for $19. Wow, that's just outstanding. And, of course, you got the driving range out there. Actually, my son just got some clubs. We're planning to come out to Flowing Springs, and I want to start on the driving range because I haven't swung a club this year yet. Well, you come out and do that. We've got a great driving range. It's huge, all grass, no mats, and uh, we'll be more than happy to look after you and your son. And I should also tell you, too, that if you if you want to play on the weekend or any other time, for that mm-hmm. matter, if you've only got time for nine holes, we do have a nine-hole rate of just $41. Awesome. So how do they get a hold of you, Brian. Give us a call at 543-5050. Of course, it's 306 is the area code. And uh, you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. And things are going fast out there, so if you want to have a great, uh, nice uh, round on the holiday weekend at Flowing Springs, make sure you do so. Thanks, Brian. Take care, bud. You as well. Have a great weekend. for another Pick 6 with Ballsy and Friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. 
Leading off the pick six, Connor Bedard, as expected, goes to the Blackhawks with the first overall pick in the NHL draft. He's the first Pat to go number one since Doug Wickenheiser in 1980 to another original six team, the Montreal Canadiens. I'm very intrigued to see how his game translates to the NHL. Many that I've had on this show think he could be a 30-goal scorer next season. And you know the Blackhawks will surround him with talent like the trade that brought Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno to town. Today they made a trade for UFA Corey Perry from Tampa in exchange for a seventh round pick. And they also picked up forward Josh Bailey from the Islanders for futures. More trades in a minute on the pick six. Wanted to give a shout out though to the Western Leaguers that went in round one. At number nine, Nate Danielson of the Wheat Kings to Detroit. Zach Benson of the team formerly known as the Winnipeg Ice went to Buffalo at 13. At number 14, Braden Yeager of the Moose Jaw Warriors going to the Pittsburgh Penguins. At 16, Sam Honzek of the Giants going to Calgary. And at number 24, Tanner Molendyke of the Blades going to Nashville. And I was telling you about more trades. How about this? The Oilers cleared off some salary by sending forwards Kyler Yamamoto and Clem Costin to Detroit for future considerations. The Oilers trying to get some more depth or maybe they take a home run shot and go after Eric Carlson. Who knows? But they weren't going to re-sign Clem Costin. He wanted more than the $1 million he was making last year and Kyler Yamamoto did not live up to his almost $4 million salary. Number three in the pick six after watching the NBA and NHL drafts. It really brings home to me the need for the CFL and TSN to wake up and make the Canadian college draft a bigger deal. Yes, I know our draft doesn't include a sexy quarterback pick first overall. And we have to wait to see how the NFL draft goes before even knowing who's going to be available. But the league as a whole needs to do a much better job than having the commissioner standing in front of a podium in a TSN studio next to a 65-inch TV. That is lame, lame, lame. If you don't care about your product, how can you expect fans to put an effort in? It's not rocket science. If you build it, and just as importantly, market it, they will come. But you have to build it. Number four, an even bigger joke is the CFL Discipline Office. The league assessed a maximum fine against Tiger Cat strongside linebacker Chris Edwards for his postgame shove on the Montreal Alouettes receiver Austin Mack. Edwards approached Mack with his hand outstretched, appearing to offer a handshake. When Mack reached out his hand, Edwards delivered a two-hand shove to the chest, WWE style, knocking the Owls receiver to the ground. Now, I'm not a snowflake, so save the text. It wasn't a career-threatening injury, nothing like that happened. But this guy is a repeat offender. Three times, we made Garrett Marino of the Riders out to be a vicious, racist terrorist and canceled him from the league last year. But Edwards gets a half-game check fine. Like I said, he didn't severely injure Mac, but he should get that fine and a one-game suspension at minimum. Shame on the league and shame on Ticats head coach Arlando Steinauer for not assessing a team penalty. All Steinauer would say is that kind of behavior is inexcusable. Talk is cheap. Number five on the pick six, Domenico Herman of the New York Yankees pitched the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history Wednesday night, retiring every Oakland batter in an 11-0 victory over the Athletics. 
It was the first perfect game since the Mariners' ace, Felix Hernandez, threw one against Tampa on August 15, 2012. There were three that season, but none since until Herman finished the first no-hitter in the big leagues this year. Now, I'm not getting overly excited. This dude's been busted twice this year for cheating with a sticky substance on his hand, including a 10-game suspension. <laughs> but it's Major League Baseball. They don't care. They let the 2017 Trash Tros keep their World Series title. And last but not least on the pick six, three NFL players have received indefinite suspensions for violating the league's gambling rules. Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Colts and free agent Demetrius Taylor are all suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games in 2022. All three players will be eligible to apply for reinstatement after next season. The NFL also confirmed that Nicholas Petit Frere of the Tennessee Titans is suspended for the first six regular season games of the 2023 season for betting on non-NFL sports at the team facility. One thing should be clear after today but probably won't be with these knuckleheads. NFL players, coaches, GMs who bet on the NFL or any sport while you're at work, well, you're going to be suspended. It always comes back to, is your $100, $200, $500 bet, is the juice worth the squeeze? Tell you what, speaking of juice worth the squeeze, this kid put in a lot of effort and he's been rewarded for it. Belgoni's Matthew Perkins, congratulations to him. Had his dream realized. Canucks selected Perkins today, 119th overall, fourth round of the 2023 NHL draft in Nashville. He spent the season with the Youngstown Phantoms of the USHL, had 44 points, 15 goals, and 29 assists. So congratulations to Belgoni's Matthew Perkins, a member of the Vancouver Canucks organization. We'll hear from Luke Molitor, AJ Jackubek, and Glenn Suter to wrap up the show. It's a sports cage on a Thursday for the Canadian Brew House, 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go with our last hour of the show. Show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get a dollar off of Tankards. Check out their improved, new and improved menu and also their great drink specials and all the sports under one roof at the Canadian Brew House. Could text us, the Capital Auto Group. At uh, 936-6262, they're sponsoring our text line. And all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Let's talk to our color commentator, Luke Molitor, who was supposed to be in studio. But why weren't you in studio? Because I'm celebrating the fourth edition of my son's fifth birthday today. Oh, it's Um, his birthday today. Well, you know, it's been his birthday all week. And it's been presents all week. And it's been celebrating all week. And it's going to go on tomorrow and for the weekend. And it's just crazy. I mean, these kids these days, man, they get a week-long birthday. Dude. You know we usually joke about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. my birthday month is my birthday. No, no, no. This kid's getting birthday week. You know what he had the nerve to ask me today? What? We in Canadian Tire buying a shed. He's over here talking about Bobby. He's like, he's like, Dad, can we buy a toy? It's my birthday. I said, man, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't shut up with this toy thing, he's got like, 50 million toy. It's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Luther. You, your disgruntled dad still loves you. I remember when I went to, uh, back when I was a kid, we went to McDonald's. We got to, I got to take two friends to McDonald's, and there wasn't even a playground. And Luke, there wasn't even a McDonald's playground there. 
No, it was like a. It was like a. It was probably like a, a, a toy train, a, a train engine or whatever. No, Luke, you got to sit at a table. They brought you some uh, broken crayons with coloring, and you sat there if you wanted to, and you ate burgers <laughs> and had that that uh, orange pop and a couple of fries, and you went home. That was your birthday, man. Oh, the orange pop is so good. It was good, wasn't it? Hey, I got some uh, questions I want you to answer from your perspective here. What we got? Going into week number four. Which coach has the hotter seat, Jones or Dice? Steinauer. <laughs> Steinauer. I didn't put that as an option, but that's a good one. That's a good one. I would say, I would say, I think Joe. I think that common sense should probably prevail there where Jones is at. I mean, I know he's got to he's got to do a better job managing that quarterback scenario. And, and Bob Dice just got in the role, right? Like, I don't think I, I actually have a lot of respect. I think um, I think Sean Berkey's a really good GM, and uh, I have a feeling you know that that Berkey's got the guy he wants, so he's going to be patient in there. That was a terrible team last year. Berkey's just got to keep getting them talent. I think they'll be all right. But it's Steinauer. I know he's the darling of mm-hmm. you know. It, Next to Paul Lapolis, Orlando Steinauer is the darling of the CFL, right? So, so for 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 the, as bad as they're doing, and for as ballyhooed as he was when they got him back from Fresno State, I mean, something's got to shake there in Hamilton. They got to win, and they got to win right away because their the expectations were far too high for what they're putting on the field right now. Can they win with Matthew Shields as their quarterback? I think they got the same chance winning with Matthew, Matthew Schiltz as they had with Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo Levi Mitchell was missing all the passes that he was missing last year. So I, I think that Schiltz is probably going to come in there and give him the same performance, if not better. Okay, so here's the deal. Scott Milanovic is there as a senior consultant. He's been a yeah. successful coach. So Hamilton coming out of the bye has to play yeah. has to play um let's see here I'm just trying to look here now they're coming out of the bye they've got to play the Ottawa Rough Riders or sorry Ottawa Red Blacks and then they got to go to Edmonton so they got two winnable games here two but if they don't win both those games look out there could be some problems yeah, they got Milanovic there. You know, they got Jeff Reinbold, who's a fantastic coach there, right? Like, they've got some guys. They've got Tommy Condell running the O. So, mm. again, there's just, you know, there was just far, there's far too much expectation for, for Hamilton to be, to be peeing down their leg at this point. Yeah. Which quarterback will have a better season, Vernon Adams or Chad Kelly? Vernon Adams. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like Vernon Adams is. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I answered that too fast. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm kind of waiting for both of them to like fall down to earth. I think Chad Kelly's shown really well so far, but I, I feel like you know what? There's there. He's at that point where defensive coordinators in this league are going to figure out. Okay, let's let's throw this. Let's let's make him do this and see where it goes. If he's going to beat us, let's make him beat us this way. And if he does that, okay, we got to go back to the game plan. But let's make him do this. And I think Vernon, you know, I think that Vernon, he's just he's just hot right now. I think that they've got a ton of momentum. Everything's, yeah. So, you know what? I'm, I'm probably going to go with Chad Kelly, who's got the chance to have the, the, the worst offseason. So I'm going to pick Vernon Adams to sustain and Chad Kelly to not. Okay. Bigger surprise. Cody Fajardo off to a, a very efficient start. He was the highest-rated quarterback last week by Pro Football Focus. Or Bo Levi Mitchell off to the terrible start. What's the bigger surprise? Oh, geez. I, 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 I'm pretty sure everybody expected Bo to be kind of average. I, I think that it's definitely Cody. Uh-huh. Uh, 
more importantly, like Cody, Cody and Jason Moss. I mean, all last year, I don't care what they tell you, they they were not on the same page. Those two, and and they they figured out, you know, at least very early on, just sort of where to uh, where to land. But granted, Montreal's got a pretty good offensive line too, anchored by a guy like Christian Matt. So, um, I, I'm, you know what, I'm right now. I'm the biggest surprise is definitely Hamilton. So um, I, I'm not surprised with Bo. I didn't think Bo was going to make it the season, but yeah, Cody definitely. But again, hey, who have they played? Right? Like they got to, they yeah. got to, they got to come west eventually and, and sustain that success. And that, and that, the West is tough this year if you look at it. Yeah, the West is tough all the time. They're going to play the Bombers. Yeah. That'll be my last question for you. But here's one for you: Which team has a better chance of bouncing back, Hamilton or Calgary? Calgary. Even with all the injuries. Yep. Yeah, I think Calgary's got I mean, Calgary's Calgary understands what's at stake, I think. I think Hamilton's just sort of floating in the wind looking for leadership, right? Like I think that there's I think that they have a number of things going on there. I think Calgary's just dealing with with injuries and 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 in this day in the CFL, if if you weren't prepared to deal with injuries, you you weren't you weren't fit to do your job anyway. And I think that, you know, with Huffnagel, with with Dickinson, I, I do think that, that Calgary is, is going to be able to bounce back a little bit better than Hamilton. I, I tell you, man, I, I don't see much happening in Hamilton. Like, yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a crappy situation they got going right now. That's a good point. Okay, last question for you. And then I got one thing I want you to talk about. Um, we both respect, but at the same time detest the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay? Yeah. Are the Bombers getting old, or was that a blip last week? Ooh, we're going to find out today, ain't we? Yeah. Um, I, I think it was a blip. Um, I, 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 I do think, though, I, I, don't, I think they're going to get through this year. They'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to dominate this year, though. This will be the first year. I mean, look at this. I mean, they were number two in the CFL pool, uh, pool this week, and that was the first time they've been out of the number one spot since 2021. Luke, they like, can't cut. That's co- how dominant they've been. I, so I don't think they're going to be dominant. I think the West is going to be a lot closer than people think this year. Yeah, Luke, their tackles looked old, and they can't cover anybody. Oh. They got the worst pass defense in the CFL. Well, I think that that'll turn around. And and you know why they've got the worst pass defense in the CFL? They're not getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you this about the Riders, and then I want to comment from Chris Edwards, or about Chris Edwards. Um yeah. Are you concerned about the Riders not getting to the quarterback like they were after Week One, or does it is it more a thing with injuries? No, no, I, I think that I think that maybe you know, I re- again I I get it, I understand why Lanier's out there uh, at the edge, but I I really I, I hope that Brian Cox is coming along on film quick enough to put him maybe outside and let Lanier go to work in the middle because because he is. He's so good from from the three technique position. All the athletic characteristics and strengths that he has in his game work so well at defensive tackle. He's unfamiliar with the end position. You can tell he's getting caught in weird positions. You know, they've, they're making some plays on him because he's getting sucked into things like RPOs. He's just not familiar with that spot. You know, at least on the pass rush situations, let's put him down in the middle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. So I, I do think it's a concern, though. But but again, um, I think that the secondary is well playing well, and I say, oh, they're getting some tremendous production out of their linebacking core too. So I think that that's that's floating them a little bit. But um, you 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 know as well as anybody, they're going to have to get to the quarterback if they want to compete for a championship. Yeah, for sure. And lastly, you know, when Garrett Marino was here, and granted, his hit has still uh, kept Jeremiah Masoli out of the the lineup, and he had a, a reputation that preceded him. He was treated by. A 
a racist. He was treated like he was a racist terrorist. Okay, and he was canceled from the league. And Chris Edwards is a three-peat offender, and he just got a a maximum fine. Like, talk about pick and choose justice. So Chris Edwards has a three-time offender, and the last thing was after the play, after the game. Garrett Marino was called into question with his playing style. You're right. We made it seem like Garrett Marino was the leader of the Taliban, right? Um, I cannot believe the, the contrast here. That that is that is that the CFL and and they're doing a good job of not talking about it. But yeah, I, I would say a guy who's who's now in his, got his third strike and and showed that lack of sportsmanship so openly and so honestly, like with Garrett Marino, right? Even with the racist thing, you're debating it, right? Yeah, that, Chris, like literally, this young man is on film doing like you can see. There's no debate on Chris Edwards right now. So the fact that the CFL is, 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 is treating this with kid gloves, and I really feel like the Riders got pressed into a situation where they had to release a really good defensive tackle. And again, like this is a good kid. I, I, I talked to Garrett plenty when he was here. Like He seemed like a great guy, man. And, and to, to just paint him with that brush. And remember, Garrett Marino's criticism, at least they were in between the whistles. Garrett Marino wasn't acting crazy outside the whistle. Garrett Marino wasn't pushing guys who were going to shake his hand. Like, that wasn't the case. Didn't punch a fan. Didn't punch a fan. Didn't get into it with a fan. Yeah. So, so again, so, you know, you'd like to see, and and it goes to that roughing situation we talked about all last year. You'd love to see some consistency there, right? Because I think that that is, that is where you want to fall in the league at, at the league level is okay. Listen, you know we don't always make the right calls, but at least we're consistent. And there's there isn't a show of consistency in this case at all. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's it's too bad because you know I don't know Chris Edwards from from you know the guy outside sleeping in my par- sleeping in the park. I I you know but it's it's just again um, when when you're when you have three strikes. When your reputation is what that it is at the moment, and the final strike was a guy reaching out to shake your hand, probably after he's he's done competing with you, right? Tensions are high, emotions are high, and you do that. Like I, I Garrett Marino wasn't anywhere close to acting the way that was, and Garrett Marino is now out of the league. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right, Luke, thanks for your time, man. Happy birthday week to Luther. Uh, can't wait. By the time the birthday week's done, he'll be six. Oh, man, listen, i got to put out some of these toys he's got on for our sale, man. <laughs> like, my house is just it's overflowing with toys. Yeah, anyway. Take care, Have man. Weekend, boys. See you, bud. Take care. Yeah, happy Canada Day weekend. We'll be back with a quick segment, then get to Glenn Souter. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 28 with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. It's the rubber match in the three-game series between the San Francisco Giants and the Toronto Blue Jays. The series right now is knotted up at one apiece. And in game three, still no score in the second inning. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. 
And the Canadian Brew House sponsors our daily Regina Red Sox report. They got a great menu, some awesome drink specials, and all the sports you can handle, like CFL football starting tomorrow. Week number four kicks off Ottawa and Edmonton, Major League Baseball, you name it, it's down there at the Canadian Brew House. You also get a dollar off of tankards. Well, the Red Sox lost to Brooks yesterday, 11-6 to at Curry Field. They'll take on the Bombers again tonight, 7.05 first pitch. Earlier in the week, they took on the Medicine Hat Mavericks in a double header and they won the first game 4-2 because of this guy. Pitcher Daniel Crabtree went the entire seven innings giving up just two runs. They hit more than I thought but I got through it with two runs batted across and the team was managed, managed to get one across after and then I started rolling and just happened to roll all the way to the seventh and give my team a chance to win the game. How much of pitching is mental? Like you give up those hits and you give up a couple of runs. How how, how well, much of it is mental to keep it on the rails? A, a lot more than you think. I would say 60-40 of it. 40 of it's physical and then 60 of it's mental. How did you learn to do that? What did you do to, uh, you know, you're still a young guy, but how have you uh, crafted that part of your game, Daniel? I just, to be honest, I just, I just zone out and just think... Just think about the game, that I'm here to have fun. That is nothing better to do than to be out here on the field throwing this white ball across a white plate. It's got to be crazy for you, hey, guy, California, Georgia, uh, Texas, and and now you're in the middle of Canada, like right in the middle of Canada. <laughs> do you have to pinch yourself sometimes? Like what a journey this baseball life is. Yeah, it doesn't seem real sometimes. I was Next thing you know, I'm in Dallas, Texas, and then... Next moment, I'm in Regina, Canada, playing baseball, which is kind of crazy. Can you say Saskatchewan? Say it for me. Yeah, that's good. Do you have family that follows? Do they watch the games online, or are they like, where the no. heck are you going? No, they love it, yes. They, wa- they watch every game. Even every you can watch, they're watching it. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second row, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out. Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. And press coverage brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you, qualitytire.ca. We get pumped up every time to talk to the lead football analyst in Canada, Glenn Suter. You don't get to go down east very much and do games. Like You're you're usually a west guy here, but you're uh, doing the uh, Friday night game and the Monday game. Opposite ends of the spectrum, my friend. You've got the, the teams that haven't won and, uh, and the two juggernaut teams, at least by records, early on. Uh, let's talk about uh, this game here, uh, Ottawa and Edmonton. Things get worse for the Elks. Geno Lewis out for six weeks. At least he's on the six-game injured list with a knee injury. Yeah, and, you know, the uh, Ottawa loses uh, uh, DeMonte Edmond, too, so there's uh, you know there's a, sort of a push there with receivers that uh, they're not going to have available. Uh, you know, I think in this game, obviously, you sort of look at who's under the gun more. Bob Dice or Chris Jones, and I, I think the easy answer there is Chris Jones, without question. Like it just, it seems it, almost impossible to think that if the Edmonton Elks lose, you know, another couple of games, uh, how they stay status quo going into Labor Day in September, I, I don't know. Like I, 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 you know, you and I don't fire anyone on the radio, but 
I just don't know how you stay status quo if you if you start the season 0-5, 0-6. Especially since uh, J.C. Abbott reported that he signed four one-year deals and you can get out at any time. I thought there was a, they might be on the hook for money in Edmonton struggling at the uh, – at the you know at the cash register so to speak yeah. yeah so they're so but if they can get out of it after the year or at some point in the year then you could see it but yeah it's a long way to go yet yeah, we're only in week three and I'd have to say like I don't I know you don't make predictions but I'd give Edmonton the edge only because Taylor Cornelius is there and he has the most um, I don't know the most upside of any of the quarterbacks playing in the game to be honest with you in my opinion. Yeah, I hear you, but the question is, how much does he play? Do they start Jared Deggy? Um, you know, like uh, this is why I, I I almost lean to to Ottawa in this one. I like Ottawa's defense. I like their pass rush, and I also think that declaring Tyree Adams as the starting quarterback, who uh, you know it comes out of a smaller school, but um, played Arena League and, and was called Houdini. And the only reason I give them a slight edge because they're both so young and haven't really done anything, so we don't know. But he was declared after their last game, and he has been the guy in practice now for, what, four, three or four, five work days. It's not a lot, but it is more than Jared Daggy got in, in Edmonton this week because they were still unsure, and I, I don't think they've even completely declared yet. <laughs> yeah, so and, and it's interesting because you got the team, the Edmonton Elks, with the longest losing streak in CFL history. Losing skid, sorry, I don't like streak. Losing skid at home at 19, but followed pretty closely by Ottawa at 13. I almost feel, uh, when I was a young kid growing up, Glenn, and this is kind of a, it's almost a sad commentary at times, but there was a stretch there where the Riders, always my favorite team, and then my second favorite team was a team that was closest to folding. Now, I'm not suggesting either of these teams are folding, but I almost feel like it's better for the CFL if Ottawa wins this game. Those fans have been through a lot in Ottawa, and uh, they deserve to see a win. I, I agree. I, I think you, if you can you know, put together a great effort and win again, in front of your home fans and just give them... Uh, Give them that because they deserve it because the Ottawa fans have been outstanding and, and they're still there and they're still, you know, fairly full buildings and uh, stadium. And so, yeah, I, I agree. And then, and then Edmonton's got to figure it out when they're at home. Uh, but again, you're right. We don't cheer for one team or another. Uh, both these teams, one team's going to walk out of there with the win and, and sort of feel like they're getting their season on track. Well, I can cheer for a team. You are in a different chair than me, man. You can't cheer for That's true. you. That's you true. can't cheer for a team. I am cheering for Bob Dice, though. And I, I think I, I know you weren't intending to, but I think it's silly because some people have said, "Is he on the hot seat? He hasn't done anything. He has started the season without a quarterback. Like, and yeah. who, and who knows if or when Jeremiah Masoli comes back." Well, here's the, here's the update on that because I I got a chance to talk to Coach Dice. Um, and he said that Jeremiah Mazzoli was very close to this game. So he will probably be back next game. I like, obviously there's no guarantees and guys can have setbacks, but, um, it sounds like he'll be available for their next game. So, you know, after this one, so I, that's how close he is. I'm really looking forward to seeing Adams. He's uh, coach dice said, I have never seen an athlete, and Coach has been in the league for a long time. He said, I've never seen an athlete that escapes with the quick twitch muscles like Tyree Adams. 
Yeah. So that's that's intriguing. You and I don't like to dwell on the negative, Glenn. We try to dwell on the positive, and you've uh, pulled me to that side, which I appreciate. But, I mean, there's no disputing the fact that uh, at the main position in the CFL, we have a bit of a struggle right now at quarterback. We identified the last show there are three hot spot areas where they don't have a true guy, Ottawa and Edmonton and Hamilton now with Bo Levi Mitchell on the shelf. Um I want to get your take on that second game you're going to be doing on Monday. You got Chad Kelly. You saw him with your own eyeballs. What did you think of Chad Kelly, and does he have some promise there? I know we were all like, wow, one quarter in a great cup does not make a career, but I like what I've seen from this guy so far. So do I. I really do. And, you know, great strength in his lower body, which helps him fight off a rush or run. This is one of the few teams in the league that still call quarterback draw. You know, quarterback draw is a play that puts your quarterback in harm's way. It's not a scramble outside where he has time to hook slide. Quarterback draw is I take a couple of steps back and then I head right through the middle of the offensive line. And that's where all the linebackers are flying around and defensive linemen and tackles. And your quarterback can take a a big hit in there. So they're still calling that because they know that Chad Kelly is strong enough to be able to endure it. So, I like that. I also like that he checked another box when he threw the pick six against Edmonton and then came right back the very next series and drove the team down for a field goal. And then the very next series after that, they scored. They went and scored a major. So, uh, you know, you always with a young quarterback have to look at the progression. How does he, you know, how does he start and handle the pressure of being the guy? How does he bounce back from a mistake that he makes on the field? Does he go into a a spiral, downward spiral mentally for three or four series or for another game? Or does he just wash it away, step on the field the next time and go in and, you know, get better? And I think Kelly checked that box. So I really like what I see. Vernon Adams, I felt going into this year, was probably down to his last chance to show that he was a starter in this league. Now, I will say this. I think Vernon Adams is a good person from my dealings with him, and I think he's a good quarterback. Would I sit here and tell you I think he's elite? I don't think he's an elite quarterback. He's got great athletic ability when he uses it in his legs. He's doing a great job there. I think, though, he has made throws when he's had to make throws. In this offense with uh, Maximic, he just has to be, I don't want to say game manager because it almost implies that he doesn't have talent, but he just has to do what he has to do to move the ball down the field with those weapons. And I like what I see from Vernon Adams. He doesn't have to be great. He has to be above average, and that's what he's been doing. Yeah, two two things about this game. One is with Vernon, and, you know, I, I think with Vernon, um, if if he continues on this trajectory, he'll be considered one of the MOPs in the league. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, yeah, I mean, the the fit with him and Maximic, the offensive coordinator, and, and, and let's be honest, the the map that was left behind by Nathan Rourke. I mean, Nathan Rourke showed Vernon Adams how this offense can run at a high level of efficiency. And Vernon Adams has stepped in and sort of taken the reins and said, okay, yeah, if if I get rid of it and I trust my reads and I have talented receivers in Rhymes and Katoy and Holland and, uh, you know, Keon Hatcher should be back, you know, then all I have to do is distribute it. And I think Vernon Adams has fit in really nicely there. Here's another thing, though, about BC, and I know you'll love this, Michael, because it's something that you and I talk about all the time. 
Rick Campbell has leaned into the Canadian ratio, and he's looked at it as not a burden, but he's looked at it as a way to help his team become better. Ben Halatic is one play middle linebacker. Matthew Betts with three sacks against the Bombers and their O-line has been outstanding this year. Both Canadians, both starters, both guys that, you know, the coach just says, look, you, they're great players and we're going to empower them to take control of their positions and be the guys. And they have been. So I, I think he's leaning into the ratio, kind of like a Michael O'Shea and not looking at it as a burden. Never mind that. How about uh, the Canadian offensive coordinator? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're not looking at passports and saying, well, I guess we have to play this guy here. They're looking at athletes and saying, Matthew Betts is a player. He's a stud. And we're going to put him out there and give him one-on-one opportunities by you know, having Bola Cumbo come to the line of scrimmage and take away one of his blocks so that he can have a one-on-one with the tackle because we think Matthew Betts can beat that, win that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't, don't game plan based on, on passports. If, you, if you're in the CFL as a coach and you game plan based on athleticism and your team's strengths and weaknesses, I, I guarantee you'll have more success than if you look at passports. Before we go to the break, let's just wrap up the talk on this game, okay? Because uh, as a defensive guy, you got to be salivating. These are two great defenses. Ryan Phillips' team has only given up one touchdown in three games for the BC Lions. And I think Toronto's got a really athletic, physical defense. I love what I saw from them in the couple of games they've uh, they've played. I know there's a couple of uh, some garbage yards in that uh, deflection touchdown that uh, went to Edmonton's side, but I like both of these defenses. Yeah, I do too. I mean, to the to the Argo defense, uh, Arimalade is replacing Jaguar Davis and, you know, is sort of the same dominant type of rush in, but younger, much younger, mm-hmm. with fresher legs. I really like Toronto's linebacking core. Winton McManus, Jordan Williams, Darius Pickett. Are you kidding me? That's there's there's an all-star group at middle linebacker, and Royce Metchie is just getting started at safety. So you you look down the sort of main street in their defense, and you see strength all the way through it. So yeah, this this is going to be a great great matchup on Monday Night Football. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, I, I don't. Know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when we come back, I want to address the the thing from the last show we were talking about the the riders with Brett Lother and a new holder, and you've been on the holding side of things, and an absolute boneheaded decision by the CFL, in my opinion. This is the Sports Cage, and we're joined by Glenn Suter each Tuesday and Thursday during the season. It's press coverage here on six twenty CKRM. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Back with Glenn Suter, press coverage for Quality Tire. Uh, Glenn, we'll get to the Lothar thing in a second. So Chris Edwards, uh, most fans should know by now, their last game, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, are getting blitzed at home by Montreal. He offers his hand in a form of a handshake and then goes all WWE on the uh, Alouettes, Austin Mack, and two hands shivers him to the ground. Now listen, I'm a, I'm a guy that a pre, that preaches aggression and, and all that type of stuff. So I'm not uh, a snowflake, as we'd like to say. But this guy is a three-time offender. One, two, three. That means you're a repeat offender. This dude got into it with a fan after an Eastern final had, was suspended. If we're going to cancel Garrett Marino for his 
for his uh, hijinks and his history. Why does this guy get off with a half a game uh, uh, paycheck fine, basically? He should be suspended and fined. That is that is what I hate about this pick-and-choose justice that we seem to have in the CFL sometimes. Well, they got a brain cramp at head office. Well, we, we do pick our villains sometimes, and we do pick the guys we're going to sort of look the other way with. And I, I don't know why and I don't know how, other than... Other than when you when it gets to the league office, uh, I know that there is sort of a precedent that they look at, and then they start, and then they add to that whether or not there's a player safety element. And there wasn't probably a player safety element here. But here, let me be clear about how I feel about this. It was absolutely unacceptable. It was a complete um, disrespect for the game itself for the province that you represent, for the team and the city you represent, for your teammates, maybe most importantly, for the respect that you need to to continue to work at to, to earn the respect of your teammates, all of that disappears. And here's another thing for Chris Edwards. Um, you, are, you are a role model to kids, whether you like it or not, as a professional athlete. You, you might not want to be, and you might not like it, but you are. And to... To do that and disrespect the game itself, to me, it goes beyond, you know, his temper or whatever. It's disrespectful to the game. And there's two levels here. The league could have suspended him. I think they should have. Or the coach can. The coach can step in here and Steinhauer can say, you're going to sit one out because that was embarrassing. And that can never happen with our team. And he has that choice. He can make that choice. So we'll see what he decides. But, uh, you know, I, I hope that he does that yeah. because this, this is not, you know, it's, it's not a player safety thing. It was a push. But it, it is disrespectful to the game. And Chris Edwards needs the strong message that it is unacceptable. And it, and it cannot happen because it looked it was embarrassing to the game itself. So back to that Calgary-Saskatchewan game, okay? Um, the Dickinson boys love to be on the water with their dad fishing, okay? And and Three Down Nation wrote a good article today. Gone fishing is the uh, the headline. Both of those coaches went fishing at the end of the game for, uh, you know, they threw their challenge flag mm-hmm. for pass interference and uh, and rough play on the quarterback. Both, I think we could see from 200 yards away in real time, it wasn't a penalty. And they didn't do anything wrong, the Dickinsons, except hold the game up. Should the league look at some sort of rule to uh, forbid that? Yes, I actually made a joke. I don't know if you you heard it. on. The, obviously, you wouldn't have because you were calling the game. But uh, I, I said it would be neat one time for the official to walk to the middle of the field in a scenario like that and say, good try Calgary, Dave Dickinson, not going to fall for it. You know, like something like that as his public announcement, because it was, it was that obvious. And, you know, there, there is a rule in the league where it comes to embellishing a penalty, because again, it's disrespectful to the game. The game is very physical and maybe the most physical of any sport. And if you if you are embellishing that you're hurt or you're embellishing that you took a cheap shot, that can be a penalty too because it's disrespectful. So why not this? You know, why not if it is clear and obvious that you're just trying to stop the game or desperately challenging something that you know you can't win, 
then, you know, I know, I know it's hard to judge that, but Hey, yeah, we got to figure it out. Hey, Glenn, uh, we just had Connor Bedard drafted first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. We watched that. We've watched the NBA draft. We know the NFL draft. The CFL, actually, Major League Baseball doesn't do anything. They even do less than the CFL, but I just want to focus on the CFL. I know it's an interesting draft because uh, in a lot of cases, we're waiting to see what happens at the NFL draft and who will be available here. I know there's a nuance there, but we we got to stop with the excuses. We got to find a way to make it a bigger deal here. Don't you think I I brought that up on Twitter got a lot of good responses. Like we got to find a way to make this a bigger deal than just the commissioner standing at a podium next to a big screen TV. It looks it looks hokey. I am I am with you. Uh this is something that I, you know, I feel strongly about as well and have for years, which is I, I would like as a TV show for that to be a uh, a preview to the season, a reminder of how last season ended, and you know another look at the Grey Cup, for instance, and then a preview per team with the draft part of it. Because the difference between our draft and every other draft and other sports is that we're not drafting quarterbacks, we're not drafting the top goal scorer in junior hockey. We're we're drafting offensive linemen often first in the, in the first round. So it, it, you know, I, you and I both understand the importance of offensive linemen, but it's just not a sort of real sort of entertaining sort of pick to, to go and get a big guy out of, out of Guelph or wherever. So that's the challenge, but I'm with you. Like we have to stop cutting ourselves as an athlete, as an athlete, I always tell my kids and, and kids that are in, that I'm coaching, don't ever cut yourself. Go in and and give it everything you got and let the coach decide whether or not you're good enough to make the team. And that's what we should do with this draft is is look at it like let's let's put on as entertaining as a show we can. Let's have the league have as entertaining. We have Zooms now too, so you don't all have to be in the same city. Right. So, you know, set it all up, make it as entertaining as possible and and let's see how many people watch it. Yeah, that's exactly. Let's see before we say nobody would watch it. Lastly, Brett Lothar's been struggling. We talked about this last show. We're both on board with keeping the guy, even though fans are quick to say get rid of him. But like we said last show, for who? You got to have a replacement. You can't just say get rid of him and then there's nobody to replace him. Because uh, once <laughs> kicking's a very interesting, unique thing that's very important in our game. And if you don't have a kicker, you don't have a third of the game. Anyway, we talked about this a bit, but I want you to go a little deeper for a couple minutes here. <clears throat> Korzak comes in late in camp. Well, let's start with it. Brett Lothar was with John Ryan. John Ryan's gone. Now he's got to get used to Corey Vedvik. Finally gets used to Corey Vedvik. Vedvik's out. Korzak comes in late in camp, and they've been working through things. Is it is it because of the holder? Do you think that he's missing a lot of these things? And just talk about that, the chemistry that needs to be between a holder and a kicker and how long that might take. Yeah, it's it's a it's all about trust. It's really all about trust. This is not this is not a situation where it's the holder's fault specifically or the center's fault specifically. It's it's the three of them working in tandem and just the trust level. And the trust level for Lauder can't happen until there are literally hundreds of reps. I mean, Bob Foley and Dave Ridgway and I would be at, on the practice field well before any other players came out and well after they left. And and we're talking hours. I mean, we got to a point 
where Bob Poley could take the ball and snap it once to me, seven yards away, and, and then he would say, where was the lace? And I would say, the lace is at 11 o'clock on that snap. He'd make an adjustment, snap it back to me again. He'd say, where was the lace? And I'd say, it was at 3 o'clock that time. And then he'd snap it again, and it'd be 12 o'clock where it needs to be so I don't have to spin it and get the lace away from the kicker. And he would, the next 25 snaps, the lace would be in the exact same place. So I never had to spin the ball. That's how much I trusted Bob Pooley and how good he was at snapping on field goals. And so I had this tremendous trust that he would put it right where it had to be with the lace away so I didn't even have to spin the ball. And Dave, you know, the next step, Dave had to look at me and say, he will get it on the tee. I can start moving forward towards the ball before he has it in his hand. That takes trust because if you get up there ready to torque and kick it and put all that into your leg and it's not there, it's the Charlie Brown scenario, and you're going to get hurt. So you have to completely believe the ball is going to be on the tee in the position you want it every single time, and you can step right through it without any hesitation. That takes time. That takes hours and hours to build. And I know they're working on it. It's not one in partic- like one guy in particular that is the problem, but it's just the overall trust level has to be built. There was times, Michael – when I would hold the ball with my nose and trust that Dave would not kick me in the head. Are you serious? We knew, we knew. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy, <laughs> but that is crazy. No, wow. So suit, <laughs> you threw me off there. So suits of their pro without being on the field, watching them. And I don't know how much film you've watched of them kicking, but just being in that position, I can't ask a better dude than this. How much of Lothar's problems do you think is just on that trying to figure it out amongst the three of them? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's part of it, a big part of it. I really do. I, I don't put a percentage on it, but I, I think it's, it's just the, it's the, the creeping in of self doubt that a kicker will have. It's such a mental game. And if the kicker completely trusts the center and holder and his, and his offensive line or his, or his line on, on the teams to keep the, you know, to make their block that he, he will hesitate. There'll be self doubt. You know, maybe he's a little late to it. So he rushes. And then when you rush, you jump into the kick rather than smoothly walk through. It's like a golf swing for them. So yeah, I, I, I think it's a big part of it, and, and that will only grow. Like, I guarantee you they're doing tons and tons of reps. We used to go around the hash marks, and we used to be out there for an hour after practice or longer, and I would put Dave in scenarios. I would say, Dave, I'm going to walk over and, and line up on the 47-yard line. Game's on the line. You've got to win. We're down by one. It's the West semifinal. And if you miss this, it's dinner for the next road trip. And then he had to step up. Now that's not the same pressure as a game. Yeah. But it's just a it's just a mental aspect of switching things up on the fly, making him kick it into the wind, making him try long ones in practice, all of these things to to just make it uncomfortable and yet you have so much trust that you step up and nail it. And they're gonna get there. They're gonna get there, I promise you. Lowther's a great kicker. He'll he'll get there. Glenn Suter knows. 
his way around a football field. This is the Sports Cage. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.